This month, Streaming Things is brought to you by Chester Copperpot, Rabbit Dog in a Barbie Car, Jose Ruben Cruz Rodriguez, Thomas Alexander, Emmy, Valerie, Stanton Valentino, Aaron Layton, Crystal Trujillo, John Collins, Ghost, Andrew Gray, Jen Robinson, Kate, Chloe Richardson, Kalisha Reeves, Kiki Newton, Kevin Strother, Jeanette Murphy, Casey McCain, and Enza. Welcome back. My name is Chris. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things, the only podcast we're pretty sure that brings you the best, the brightest, the strangest, the sexiest TV shows and Mm -hmm. film properties available to stream right from your home. Hit them with it. In an ocean of streaming networks vying for your attention. We are your lighthouse. Hallelujah. Your beacons of broadcast. Say it. Your curators of content. Preach, daddy. You didn't think I still knew that, did you? I did not. I am honestly impressed that you still, it's been an age since we've done that. Yeah, a fortnight. More than that. Many fortnights. A fortnight. It came to me today in in a dream. I was in the shower. (laughs) I wasn't dreaming. Our old catchphrase came to you in a shower. Like a lot of uh, people. Member. (laughs) A lot of people sing in the shower. I podcast. You podcast in the shower? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I pretend to podcast. That makes me happy for you. So today we are continuing our Harry Potter marathon, this time with Deathly Hallows Part 1. We hope that you all enjoyed our coverage of The Last of Us, which began on Monday. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. you can look forward to that each Monday while the show reigns supreme, because I'm sure it's going to be number one around the world while it's on. That's just my prediction. That's a bold That's a bold prediction, Cotton. Let's we'll see if it checks out. I mean, it's either that or Velma. I think it's going to win. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be Velma. I think it's going to win. <laughs> uh, we appreciate y'all for tuning in. Do, please take a moment to rate and review the show wherever you're listening to this. That helps us a lot. If you can't afford to become a patron or support us in some way like that, that's perfectly understandable. God knows I'm in that boat. Uh, but you can easily help support us by just rating and reviewing the show. If you have not done so yet on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or you weirdos that use Stitcher or whatever. there are dozens of them all right (laughs) there are dozens of them dozens steve Mm. so good to be back with you i know the through the magic of podcasting our listeners think that we've been together for days already but we're actually recording this before we watch the last of us yeah last of us uh debuts Mm -hmm. uh in a mere three hours from now and uh this is the first time you and i have seen each other in what like two three weeks it's been a while yeah we've been going through some stuff Mm -hmm. i just got over covid for the fourth time that sucks, man. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, literally uh Friday was my my first negative test. So it's been a day. It's been a it's been a year already. <laughs> already yeah, seriously. The the new year 2023 started and it came out with a bang, my man. Yeah. Oh, I know we have some dentists on the show. So I just want to throw it out there. I'm having some severe issues. <laughs> my jaw has moved, I think. My bite, I have a malocclusion. This is self-diagnosed. I have a malocclusion, <laughs> I think. Okay. When I close my mouth, it no longer feels comfortable, normal. Okay. If it, you know, can you imagine what that must feel like? Like uh, definitely, the teeth are slightly different. They don't click into place anymore, uh-huh. and now they hit each other when I'm talking and stuff, which is painful. Um, so I'm going to make an appointment uh, next week, but I can't afford whatever they're going to want to do. I think they're going to want to do what they did to Andy, which is like literally break the jaw. Oh yeah, and wire it to heal back. In I was place. supposed to have that. 
uh, procedure, but I didn't. For what? What's wrong with your my, beautiful face? I have a really bad uh, underbite. Really? I started out, so my, my- It just looks like a strong jaw to oh, me. Welcome to welcome to TeethCast. <laughs> our individual teeth. No, when I was little and I was in braces, my, my orthodontist fucked up so bad because I started off with a major overbite and he overcorrected it to a major underbite. And they're like, oh, we got to start over. And at that point, I had been in braces for six years. And so we're like, fuck off. I'll just have weird teeth. Mm. <laughs> I think it looks great. You just look like a superhero to me. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. I really appreciate that. So anyway, how's, how's Pippin? Pippin the dog. Pippin the dog. He's okay for now. Uh, so yeah, um, listeners, uh, I, I'll tell, I'll tell you now we won't, and you'll just have not heard it in the last of us podcast, but yeah. So Pippin had, uh, you know, he's, he, on new year's Eve or the day before new year's Eve, he yelped when I picked him up and I couldn't tell what was wrong with him. And he, he was just in pain. I couldn't tell what was hurting him. And then by new year's Eve, he was like walking funny. And I knew I couldn't take him to the vet because vets close on New Year's. They're close on New yeah. Year's Day. I plan on being in my house all day New Year's Day And the Day emergency anyway. vet's a nightmare. Oh, yeah, because I called them. They're like, yeah, it'll be a 12-hour wait. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, okay. That's not helpful. That's, especially with him, I didn't know what was wrong with him. I didn't think sitting in a, in a waiting room for that long would be beneficial to him because I didn't know what was happening. So, But I was, you know, uh, I had nothing to do New Year's Day. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just sit on the couch with him and make sure he doesn't walk around, doesn't hurt himself more. Um, and then I took him to my personal vet. They said he had a slipped disc in his back and they were like, just take these meds. It'll hopefully it'll, the the swelling will go down. He'll be, he'll be normal. But then by the end of the next day, he literally couldn't walk. Uh, he couldn't use his back legs at all. And it was very scary. And he couldn't even go to the bathroom because he just was dragging himself. Right. It was horrifying. And I was crying the whole time. It was terrible. So I did end up taking him back to my vet who recommended I go to the emergency vet. And I waited there for like five hours before they saw me. And they were like, we need to give him surgery today or else he's never going to walk again. Um, so I, I he he had the back surgery and now he's got uh, eight weeks of recovery. So he's a poor little dog that has to be caged up almost all day. Yeah, that's how Dobby was. He can't really walk around and um, it's heartbreaking. But the good news is uh, Dobby's my dog, for those that don't know, not in <laughs> reference to the movie. <laughs> Dobby is free, but can't walk. Uh, but yes, yeah, so now he's back home. Um, his fentanyl patch is worn off. So he's in there. He's his normal dog. He's his normal self. Now he just, he, he's just upset that he can't walk. Uh, but he loves, he's a cuddly dog. Anyway, is that why so. he stole $30 out of my wallet? Yeah. Yeah. He's acting out. <laughs> he's, he's a junkie now. He's acting out. Uh, but yeah. And then I had to go to Tampa last week. I and need that to was get insane. my fix. <laughs> Pippin the dog is chasing the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I'm back home. Ellie needed to get her, her anal gland ruptured by, while I was on vacation. So she Same. had to have that taken care of. So like I'm swimming in medical bills for my dogs. Yes. Thanks. 2023. <laughs> Good start to the year. Yeah. The, so, yeah. the teeth that's and the my dogs. Deathly Hallows. Yes. Um, <laughs> so that's where we've been, but you guys have been in our hearts and our minds. I've actually started. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, real quick. Just thank you to everybody. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of people did reach out and you know, yeah. we're, we're giving me really kind, you know, emotional, you know, hope Pippin's okay. Hope you're okay. Uh, and I didn't get to respond to everybody cause there was a bunch, but I thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. That really meant a lot. Cause it really was a very tough couple weeks for me. Yeah. The, uh, the stream fiends showed up like Dumbledore's army. They were, yeah. They were in the room of requirement, ready for whatever Steve may need. Yeah. Steve may need. Did you like oh, that? Oh, I like that. That was unintentional. I see what you did there. That's, I didn't do it. That's my name. It wasn't me. <laughs> that was my brain. Um, yeah. So Harry Potter, baby. Harry P. Well, let's kick things off with Harry Potter. 
Let's I do it. Ha- well, I have a special surprise for you guys. Longtime listeners of the show may remember our Mad Libs section that we used to do in front of Stranger Things. Yeah, how other- could they forget? How could they forget? Um, I have something similar. It's not Mad Libs, but it is a fun way to open and close the show. I hoped to get these before the last two episodes of Harry fucking Potter, mm. but here we are. That's what it's um, called in England. Harry, Harry fucking, fucking Potter. Potter. Mm-hmm. Uh, if any of you guys have played Cards Against Humanity, it's basically Cards Against Humanity, the Harry Potter edition. It's called Cards Against Potter. I think it was Potter. I think it was made by a Malfoy. Mm-hmm. Cards Against Potter. Potter. Um, so if you're not familiar with it, uh, you draw a black card that usually is like a statement and it's like apples to apples for adults. Yes. And then someone throws down a white card and it, you know, it's supposed to be funny. And then whoever drew the black card picks the winner and that's how you, how you play. But for our purposes, since there's only the two of us, uh, let's just do like a quick example of how it is. I'm going to give you some cards, Chris. All right. Cards. I'm going to give you seven white cards. Uh, and I get to choose what to use and it's a surprise to you. Except there's no one here to pick which one's funnier or whatever, but right, but 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 we will pick, <laughs> we'll pick, and then you listener, not not for this one because this is a test, just so you kind of get at the idea of what we're doing. Maybe you guys can write in and let us know which one you want. So this is the test. Are you ready to do the test yes. game? So our black card for this test is blank sent me to Azkaban. So now look at your white cards and kind of think of. Uh, what would be the funniest thing to put down? Sent me to Azkaban. Okay, I got one. I've got one, baby. All right, so what sent you to Azkaban, Chris? That would be Hermione's bushy hair. That sent you to Azkaban? Sent me to Azkaban. Uh, You know what sent me to Azkaban? What, Steve? Pissing in someone's (laughs) butterbeer. That'll do it. That'll do it. That is not okay. They were like, that's not okay. To hell prison for you. I think you'll agree was the best choice. I chose amongst Severus Snape's abnormally large nose, a dildo wand. Oh, don't read them because we're going to do, we're going to do another one. That was oh, the we're test. Doing, that's right. That I'm stupid. Test. I'm a stupid boy. Here, I'm just going to give you a d- bunch more cards. I'm not there. allowed to be in Hogwarts There's anymore. There's a bunch more random cards. I failed the, uh. What's the entrance exam? You got a troll rating. This one, you're a squib at best. You failed your newts. That's not so bad. You could hang out with me and Mrs. Norris. Mrs. Norris. All right, so this is the real one. So Don't I'm going to Mrs. Norris. I'm going to read the black card. Okay. And you have all episode to think of which of those white cards you're going to throw down. And then we will reveal what your choice is at the end. These all right? These are funny. <laughs> are you ready to read the black card that will take us to the end of the episode? Read the black card. All right. The black card is Ron's broken wand accidentally accioed blank. Ron's broken wand accidentally accioed blank. So tune into the end of the episode to see what Ron's broken wand accioed. Okay. I'm just choosing one for the end. Yeah, and we'll read it at the end. And listener, like I said, uh, when we reveal these at the end of the episode, please write in and let us know which one you think should have won. I'm sorry, I'm not picking this one, but it's just a really funny card. Ron Weasley's super buff keeper bod. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so tune into the episode to see what we chose. But this episode, Chris, is Deathly Hallows Part 1. Part 1. Uh, so we typically start off with our overall thoughts on the movie, and then we'll go into as much of a play-by-play as this movie warrants. Uh, and then we'll do uh, a couple of uh, questions from our patrons and such at the end and wrap it up and start re- getting ready for what I really want to fucking do, which is watch The Last of Us, baby, which you've already heard us talk about. So you're in a weird, like, kind of time-turner Azkaban loop right now. You've created a time paradox. 
Hermione's fault. Hermione's. She tried to get the extra classes. Three turns ought to do it. I feel like we need one of those to cover as many shows as we want to cover. Oh, God. I would love to have Steve a time using turner, the time turner. Just to like watch a show and then like go back three hours so I can edit it and not be up in the, until like three in the morning. You know what show that I, th- I feel like torturing you with that I thought about? Oh, God. What? Have you watched Yellow Jackets? No, I don't have uh, Showtime. But I've wanted to watch so it. I think so it looks amazing. The timing, it's going to start in March. And I think what we could do is watch season one together. For me, it'd be the second time. And then cover season two of Yellow Jackets. Can as I have a group. your Showtime login? Yeah, baby. I got you. Oh, hell yeah. All right, I'm in. I got you. That's my, <laughs> if you guys want, write into streamingthingspod at gmail.com. But I think that's going to be a very popular idea with our listeners. Yeah, we've had a bunch of people actually write in about Yellow Jackets yeah. specifically to do. So I think that's a good idea. So Steve, mm. tell hit me. How, what are your thoughts on Deathly Hallows Part 1? Uh, let me answer that question by first sharing a story with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time I saw this movie in the theater. Okay. It was at an employee screening at the movie theater I worked at. So employee screening, you get the print of the movie and you'd have to watch it to make sure it was built properly and there were no scratches and stuff. And usually we use that as an opportunity for the employees to come in and watch movies early. It was a good bonding experience. Was this actual projector action? Yeah, well, this was in the weird phase where some movies were digital and some movies were still. So you had both. We had both, but we still screened both at the time. because we thought were like, about you. Does the hard drive work? Yeah. I don't know. How's the technology run? Um, so I think it was actually a digital film that we were screening for really no reason. Um, but we were all watching it. There's maybe 30 people in this, in the theater. There's, these are people I know I work with. They're my friends and we're watching it. And something happens at the end of the movie that I had forgotten happened in the book. And people know I don't like a certain character. Ah. Uh. <laughs> and when that certain character meets their demise at the end of this movie, I laughed so hard in that screening. I cackled amidst everyone else's like tears. An insane person. Everyone is in tears, and rightfully so. It's a really dramatic and sad moment. And then you have this psychopath. I'm pointing at myself. This psychopath in his seat, just <laughs> what? <laughs> just having a ball that this was happening in front of my eyes. Did you get fired? No, but I, 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 a lot of people were like, man, I thought Steve was really nice and a cool dude. <laughs> Turns out he's the next Jeffrey he's Dahmer. He's a real piece of shit. <laughs> uh, but overall, Chris, I, uh, I'm not a fan of this movie. I don't like it. Um, this may be my least favorite Harry Potter movie. Of all of them? Of all of them. I The first half of the movie's fine. It's like the first half of the movies, I actually like the first half of the movie pretty well. Somewhere in the middle, it turns and becomes the most un bearable movie to watch to me i cannot stand the last half of this movie it is it when they start getting like one ringed by the horcrux and fighting yes i know you hate that stuff you already don't like ron a lot of the time we've already done the ron is jealous plot line we've already done the whole like oh feel left out everyone's mental i'm a third wheel we've already done it can we not do it again but slower (laughs) and more of it uh, it was and, a little much more mature of a version. Oh, 100% is more mature of a version. Yeah. But also, it's just like, it feels like we're walking, we're treading, already tread ground. And then it's just, there's a lot of stuff happening in the world of Harry Potter. And this is something I'll get into even more when we get into Deathly Hallows Part 2. There's a lot of interesting stuff happening in the world. We don't get to see any of that shit. Mm-mm. Instead, we've got to watch, 
we just have to watch Ron, Hermione, and Harry just being emo kids in the woods. Like, the, the, the saddest magical <laughs> camping trip of all time. The thing <laughs> I care about the least in this world is what we're stuck with for this movie. And I it drives me mad. <laughs> so it's I don't like this movie that much. I'm not here to rescue the pod. <laughs> I don't hate this movie by any means. I think it's probably my like third from the bottom. I still think... <sighs> I could argue that Goblet and Chamber of Secrets are, you know, less in my mind, mm -hmm. uh, just for me personally. But also at the same time, at least in those movies, you have like the the, the Hogwarts structure. There's whimsy. Yes. And there's a lot of fun in that. And I think in this movie, part of what's so fucked up is that it has such high potential, which I think is kind of what you were getting at. Like there's oh, a lot of really interesting things going on. Like they basically set like... World War II is basically the backdrop because it's set in England and, I, and Ron's always listening to that radio. And the fact that it's a radio just gives me like um, Winston Churchill vibes. You know what I mean? Like for some reason. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, there, there's a, a lot of really interesting we'll things. We'll fight you can, them at Diagon Alley. Yeah, but he's in Diagon Alley. We'll fight them at Boggart's, whatever the place is that Dumbledore's from. And Godric Hollow. Godric Hollow, that's what I'm <laughs> frantically looking for my notes. Like, what's that called? We'll stop them at the Forest of Dean. Um, so anyway, there's a lot of, of that. And a lot of really important characters, like, or at least one that's for sure, like, dies off screen. For no reason. That's a trend for the next couple of movies. Yes. And uh, I know that uh, I feel like it shows a lot of the flaws in the uh, original books. Um, because once they got to this mature space, uh, I think as I look back, uh, there was a lot of flaws with She Who Will Not Be Named's uh, world building. That kind of looking back as an adult at the more adult stories toward the end of this series uh, really show out, if that makes any sense. You know, um, so. I'm with you. And I also think uh, like this movie is one book split into two movies, which mm -hmm. became a trend. I don't know if this was the first of the trend, but it became a trend. It was definitely early on if it wasn't the first. One. Yeah. And it, like that became the thing to do the, with the finale and then with the whole Hobbit movies. Like let's turn one book into multiple movies because they turned in a shooting script for Deathly Hallows and it was over 500 pages. And so they decided to use that as am ammunition to tell the studio we actually need to make this two movies. And I'm going to say something insane in a two seconds. I think a Zack Snyder cut of Deathly Hallows, <laughs> a, like a four to a four hour movie release. The Snyder Hallows would have been so much better than two, two and a half hour movies. In my opinion, um, you would have cut some of the slower moments. And even though it's all in one giant bulk, it would have felt more rewarding that way. I think, um, wasn't part two, the shortest movie. It, it's like just over two hours. Yeah. yeah. And th this one's like two hours and 26. Uh, that's, that's what I mean. Like, one four hour cut, you shave off 20 minutes and make it a giant gargantuan grotesque movie. Uh, and I think it would be better, but the, the frustrating thing, like I agree with you in a sense, but also I feel like this movie would be better if instead of focusing so much on certain things, they drop those certain things and focus on other parts of the world. Yeah. Um, well, it's almost, and this, Andy's this not here suffers. to correct us. I don't know. I know a few places they deviated from the book for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's not what you're talking about. Like, like well, I feel the like original book didn't focus on a lot of the stuff that we want to see. And these movies came out before this was a thing, really. But I feel like this movie or this franchise really, really would have benefited greatly from a Kevin Feige like figure who was like, OK, at the end of this book, this person's going to have a really 
you know, dramatic death scene, let's get them in more movies than the second one. Sure. <laughs> well, they did cut a huge uh, house elf plot out of the movies. Yeah. To this, true. this payoff's detriment, I think. Agreed. Um, and we, I think the lack of chemistry between Harry and Jenny has never been as blatant as it is in this movie. Like, and the incredible chemistry between yes, Harry and Hermione. <laughs> I looked at my wife as we were, cause we watched it right before I came here. And she, cause when the, the, the scene where Jenny and Harry kiss and George is watching it's George, I think uh, I always get the twins mixed up in the movies. Um, cause it's not a name written <laughs> and George is watching. She, I, she's looked at me and she's like, there is just no chemistry there. And the actress is great. It's just them two together. And I was like, I hundred percent agree. Uh, but then the oh, yeah, scene, when you, when you compare, yeah, the two of them kissing to Hermione and so Harry we, kissing at the end, you're like, there is just night and day going her, on here. Yeah. When they're dancing, <laughs> even when they're dancing as friends in the tent, it's like, all right. I looked at my wife and I was like, that's chemistry. And she's like, yeah, can't deny it. It's mm -hmm. true. So anyway, um, that's that's glaring. But there's there's a lot of good in this movie. It's just uh, I yeah, think they dropped movie, the ball in many ways. This movie ways. actually features my favorite scene in any Harry Potter film. Is it the polyjuice potion with Harry? It is not, but that is a good <laughs> that's one. Funny. That's, that's a, a good one. That was funny. Like I said, the beginning of this movie is very strong. True. And it just the longer the movie goes, the more it's like, okay, stop doing that. So I, I got a surprise for you before we get into the recap. Ooh, a surprise. Uh, you're going to have to close your eyes. Okay. But maybe talk for the audio listeners. Okay. I'm closing my eyes so that whatever Chris is doing, I am not hip to because he's got to do something physically to get it ready because he hid the thing from me. And I don't know what it is. So I'm just going to sit here and vamp until he tells me I can stop talking, um, which apparently is not happening right now. I'm very... Oh, can I stop talking now? You can. Okay. You can you can open your eyes. <laughs> Holy shit. God damn it. Oh my god. <laughs> That's a no. It's no. So, it's so wonderful to see. Okay, podcast listeners, he just put on a Dobby mask and it is it looks like the last thing you see before you get stabbed to death. Hold on, I got to take a photo of this. This is actually really uncomfortable. I I've it, never worn it. You are wearing human skin in the form of Dobby. <laughs> it's, it's elf skin, sir. How do I sound? I can't put my headphones on. Uh, you sound like um, uh, Kylo Ren when he has the mask on in Star Wars. <laughs> Let me see what podcast Dobby looks like. Oh, my God. This is so horrifying. <laughs> Can so, you even see out of that thing? No. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to do the rest of the pod in that? No, I had wanted to, but this, it smells like a uh, theater popcorn in here. Ew. I don't know why. Where'd you get that? I don't know. <laughs> Seriously, that looks like something a horror villain would wear so, and kill teenagers. Like Happy Death Day? Yeah, 100%. My wife got it from like a bargain bin place and i was like oh my god sure she facetimed me like should i buy this and i was like absolutely yes <laughs> i'm gonna wear that for three minutes on the pod and it's gonna be wonderful um Ooh, that no joke when i opened my eyes and saw you sitting there my heart skipped a beat i thought <laughs> i was about to die so you have a new fear aliens and dobby come to kill you for laughing human, at his death human-sized dobby <laughs> <laughs> fun fact that's basically how i look without my hat you thought i was a bad character 
Toby will show you. <laughs> he would definitely fill his sock with rocks and beat you to death with it. Toby is a murderous elf. <laughs> Toby gives Steve a sock. Say it again. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> anyway. Say my name. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a ferocious name. Toby. <laughs> Oh man, if, if you're an audio listener, seek that video out. <laughs> mm, we'll put it on the gram. All right. So let's dive right in. Uh it opens, I believe, uh, with the the new minister, the new minister of magic, who uh, his name is escaping me. He's a Rufus Scrimgeour. Scrimgeour? Well that's that, the name of the actor. He's let, oh, Bill Nighy. Bill Nighy. He's uh a Phil in Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, he's still in Shaun of the Dead. He's uh, Davy Vic- Jones in the Pirates movies. He's Victor in Underworld. Yes, he is. Legendary. Very cool actor. I will say his brief, you know, foray into Harry Potter, Bill Nighy, I immediately just thought, why isn't he in more? I, I, oh, he's amazing. The, what he brings to this role, bad wig and all, is so great. Because <laughs> Bill Nighy, so, he's amazing at over enunciating everything and yes. making weird facial tics. He invented that him. before the Malfoys were even thought of. Yeah. The whole, but he, he's got a stunning presence. Your ministry is strong. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect impression. He's so good though. In Underworld, especially he talks like that. I love it. Um, so yeah, Minister Scrimgore, he's, he's, you know, doing his thing. He's way different than Fudge. Fudge was basically just asked to step down and, and order the Phoenix, right? If I recall, uh, something like that. He's ineffectual. Um, he's so he, back. He's supposed to. He's like the wartime minister, mm-hmm. basically, right? He doesn't and fuck he, around. He does a great job. You can't follow a guy named Fudge to war. No, no unless it's war on can pancakes. You, can you follow a guy named Rufus to war? Yes. Mm. Yes. I would, well, that's true. I would what about follow, Rufus Sewell? I was about to say I would follow <laughs> Rufus Sewell to war. I would. That's the only other Rufus we know. <laughs> Let's not lie. Uh, and then we cut to, and this, this part I think is done really well. Like you said, uh, we cut to Hermione Granger in her muggle house and we kind of intercut with the Dursleys packing up and leaving. Everybody's terrified of Voldemort. It's Harry's, not safe anymore. Harry's told the Dursleys, you need to leave here. He, he, you're definitely going to die when Voldemort comes here. Um, and then we cut to the Weasleys and their new kind of shack and Ron's just standing outside. Uh, and it, like, I do love that juxtaposition of like Hermione's like, oh, my parents are in danger. Harry's like, oh, my abusers are in danger. Yeah. And then you have Ron going, I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's going on again? Everything's mental. Um, Hermione obliviates her parents, which is dark. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. Uh, in the book. To protect them. There's in the background, they're on, like they're watching something about Australia on the TV or something. So in the book, she actually instills in them when she wipes their memories uh, that they want to go to Australia. So that's where her parents go. So that was a little kind of nod to the books. In the books also, there's kind of a touching farewell with the Dursleys that the movies cut out yeah. where Dudley's actually pretty nice to Harry. Um, and uh, my wife was saying that she wished they had left that in. Uh, so all of that happens in a, in a flash. Very dark stuff. We cut to Snape and the gang at the Malfoy mansion. And they, they almost have like a, an eyes wide shut party. They're literally two steps removed from that. <laughs> they they're, really are. They're not quite cool evil enough to do that. There would be an orgy if they were cooler. So this like, can you is- imagine Snape with nothing but a mask? Like, hmm. I can't tell who I am. <laughs> I'm about to brew glory. <laughs> All up in this place. <laughs> this is my favorite scene in the whole franchise. This mansion scene? Yeah. I, I love just wow. how 
dark it is. You get to see all the really fun villain characters in one place for like the, really the only time. And, and it has a lot of, I don't know. There's a lot of emotion behind it. Like it's dark. There's this real, like, Oh, the stakes are set. Like Voldemort's back. He's at full power. He's got all these people under his thumb. Malfoy's a sniveling little coward. Now that's what he's been reduced to. And you get to see what uh Snape has to kind of, you know, he has to prove his loyalty by not speaking up to save his would be friend who, you know, who is that? But Hey, the script told us they're friends. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) We're friends again. Maybe if there was a showrunner that would say, Hey, we need to introduce the muggle teacher in the muggle studies professor. Maybe that death can mean something, but it's still a really great scene. And then the way it ends, the actor's great. So I kind of, I felt it, you know? Oh yeah. And it's all about the performance, but imagine if there was more context there, it would be even, had we ever met her slightly, it would have been, pretty powerful. And then they feed her to Nagini, which in and of itself is just the whole thing is just so dark and creepy and messed up. And I love it. Yeah. And what's really cool about this scene specifically is, and throughout the entire time Voldemort has returned, the Malfoys, like you talked about, have been reduced uh, to sniveling, scared swine, essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and especially Lucius in this scene, when it cuts to him, he's shaking. My Lord. He has to give his wand to Voldemort and they're, they're terrified. Right. And what's so significant about that is the Malfoys have been the main villain throughout the entire series. Right. Like those are the antagonists to Harry. It's like the uh, formidable Malfoy family. They're racist. They're bigoted. They're powerful. They're rich. You know, they're super mean bullies. And now they just cower in the face of actual evil. Like, Mm -hmm. Uh, not just generations of terrible upbringing and wealth, uh, yeah. but actual evil, right? And so I, I just, I, it, it's the stakes are raised and that's like a, a symbol of the stakes being raised, the fact that they're yeah. so scared. And I just love Ray Fiennes as Voldemort in the scene. Ray he's, Fiennes is anything. He's, he's so good. He's horrible, but I love the way the character is sort of giddy in this scene. He's giddy to have all his friends back. He's at full power pretty much. He can bully Malfoy. He can bully Wormtail. And he's just, oh, do I detect Elm in your wand? Mm. Mm. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. It's a bullshit wood. Trash. Trash. It, no wonder I've snapped it with my bare hands. Because mm. it's a baby tree. These are regrown hands. Mm. And what is this? Dragon's Hot string? What even is that? Made up. <laughs> Made it up. Made it up. <laughs> it's not a phoenix. I have a phoenix in my wand. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> but he can't use it. Uh, and it's really neat how everything unfolds. We don't find out toward like the second act of this movie that I don't, I don't think that way back in the fourth movie or was it the sixth, the last movie when Ollivander was kidnapped? Was it six? That was the last Hepla, one. Hepla Prince. Yeah. So it turns out, you know, Voldemort has taken Ollivander because his wand keeps fucking up when he tries to fight Harry. So he's trying to figure out what's going on with that. Mm-hmm. And we find out later that he's told him it's because your wands are basically twin wands or the same wand essentially. So that's why he asks for Lucius's wand breaks off the handle. Cause he doesn't like the handle. I don't, I don't like this. It's a bit extra. Yeah. It doesn't match my style. <laughs> me, my style is basically trash bag. Let me see. Let me just feel it out. No, I don't like this at all. Oh shit. I killed Charity Burbage. <laughs> Charity Burbage. Uh, we all remember her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was in the third movie. I swear. Don't look. Don't check. Uh, but then, yeah, the, Miss Burbage. That's right. Uh, and then, yeah, Severus were friends. The teacher gets killed. Um, there were, it, they do introduce, what's his name? Uh, Pius, the, the dude with the, yep. P I U S the chin strap and the, he looks like a pious man. Spoken like a true politician. <laughs> Aren't I funny? 
we have we have a werewolf here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. I could have listened. That scene could have gone on ten more minutes of if just they had had Voldemort f- interacting with each person. Yes. Down the line. If they had had food and like some gags along with it, like I don't like this. Like I would have. It would have been my favorite thing in the world. I agree with you. Um, and I watched the menu for the, like the third time recently. Ray Fiennes is incredible in that movie. And my wife was like, I, who's that? And I was like, <laughs> that's Voldemort. And she was like, no fucking shit. She like vaguely, she recognized it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he's wonderful. Love that man. Love that man to death. Uh, so then we transitioned from Nagini's mouth. He to, has a nose. <laughs> what? That wasn't real? Weird. D- to Dumbledore falling again. The chilling scene from the end of the Half-Blood Prince. And it's just Harry chilling. In the Dursley's house. He's walking around. Uh, he's got R.A.B. written in his notebook. So that's plagued him. He's trying to figure out who that is still. And uh, he goes back to the cupboard under the stairs. And we do a lot of this movie is spent revisiting big things from the rest of the books, which mm-hmm. would explain Dobby's presence and having never been back again a little bit. Is It's like the whole point of this movie is a bit of a nostalgia trip for the whole series. Yeah. Um, if they hadn't fucked up four so bad, though, I do think Dobby's... Uh, death would have been meant more to you, even though you don't like him. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he looks up into the, the cupboard under the stairs. That's when the order shows up uh, and we get to see uh, Bill Weasley. Yeah. I think he's the oldest Weasley. Is Charlie older? I don't recall. I, I think I, Bill's the oldest. Well, Andy, we need you. Charlie might be the oldest, but it's played by Donald Gleason, who is Brendan Gleason's son, who plays Mad-Eye Moody. And I thought that was cool. That is pretty cool. That is super cool. Got to, I don't think of any other time that I could see the, the father and son together like that, but two of my favorite actors, that family. Yeah, we, and we get a lot of uh, great returns. Fleur's back. Fleur's back. Who she's going to marry Bills mm-hmm. now. Lupin, Tonks, Mad Eye Moody, the twins, mm. George Love and me uh, some Fred. Hagrid's back. Ron, Hermione, uh, Kingsley. Is that his name? Yeah, Sha- Kingsley Shacklebolt. Shacklebolt and Mundungus Fletcher. I've been coerced. That guy, a little shady, shifty guy. And they all decide they're going to drink Polyjuice potion and and smuggle Harry out. Um, and there's this whole thread throughout this whole movie that he's being traced by the ministry, uh, which has been infiltrated by uh, the the Death Eaters and such. Well, they got that right. <laughs> That's yeah. what the guy said. In the yeah, last scene. he was so proud of that. He was. Uh, they were all. They all were. Um, but the, but yeah, they they are going to. They're trying to smuggle Harry and protect him because they know there's this leak. But Snape was at the meeting that in the previous scene, Snape was like, no, that's a false lead. They're actually doing this. Which is true. So he's given them real info to keep his spot on the council as it were. So, it is, you know, um, but it looks to non-book readers and readers the first time, like Snape is actually guilty still. Yeah. Um, just to be clear about all that, but he's not, not all the way. We've got a lot of emails about how Snape's still an asshole. We did read this. Um, so they, they decided to drink Polyjuice Potion to all turn into Harry. And I couldn't help but think of Andy and all of our listeners that agreed with Andy in this moment <laughs> and just imagining, <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially yeah. the part where Floor is like still wearing the bra as Harry. I'm hideous. Don't look, I'm at, me. Hideous. Don't look at me. That was funny. There's a lot of little funny jokes in this scene. I, I um, do like when Fred and George are like, we're identical. Like, yeah, that was hilarious. I wrote that down. They're, those guys are fucking funny. Uh, Mad-Eye Moody says uh, it tastes like goblin piss. And one of them's like, have a lot of experience with that, do you, Mad-Eye? Just trying to lighten the mood. Uh, you, the, the, the camera's panning around everyone's face as they transform. And when it gets to Hermione, it's just Hermione with Daniel Radcliffe's face. And it is horrifying. It is, yeah. <laughs> and they don't linger on it very long. But I was like, ah! It's almost like the camera's like, oh, no. Yeah, oh, not, I don't want <laughs> to see that. Keep panning, keep panning. <laughs> Look away, I'm hideous. Um, so yeah, everybody, I got a kick out of, uh, Andy and all his brood thinking about, uh, uh, changing bodies with, with Harry there. 
but Harry ends up going with Hagrid, which makes sense because he's the one that dropped him off when he was no bigger than a, uh, what did he say? A bullwinkle? Uh, <laughs> a bullwinkle? No, I, I did not write down you what You were no was. bigger than a, a, a British thing. Uh, bangers and mash. A you were no bigger than my left pinky. <laughs> a plate of bangers. Um, <laughs> that's not what he said. Something with a B. And uh, a, 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 butt, a buttress of Windsor. I don't know. buttress of Windsor. But they all get immediately waylaid by Death Eaters. And Hagrid takes off on his motorcycle because he's not allowed to use, ma- I guess he doesn't have, there's no broom big enough to hold that man. Uh, so he's got that magic motorcycle and everybody's getting attacked. He dips through some tunnels and uh, probably the most powerful death for me in this movie, Hedwig comes flying out of nowhere to save Harry's life. The fact that it's his owl, his pet, you know, I just pictured my like Jax who would do that if he could fly mm-hmm. would definitely jump on a death eater. And uh, gets a vodka diary, just green smoke and the bird falls. I cr- I cried a little bit. On paper, this is really sad. In the movie, I felt nothing. You felt this, nothing? I felt nothing when this bird died. What? Because that- I'm going to be honest with you, I keep forgetting Hedwig's th- a thing in these movies because they pay no screen time to this bird except when he's like, hey, Harry, I got you a bird. I'll be honest with you. It had been a while since I saw this movie. And I, it was very comical. Hedwig flew up, jumped on the Death Eater's face. I looked at my wife and went, Hedwig! She did <laughs> not ag- She did not acknowledge, right? Because she knew what was seconds away from happening. My little daughter's like, she's happy too. And then I look back at the TV, bird falling, green smoke. And I just like, my, I looked right back at my wife and she's like, mm-hmm. It was, it was pretty comical in, yeah. in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Just the, the sequence of events. Hedwig! Oh, uh. She's dead. Uh, super sad. R.I.P. Bird. But because Hedwig tried to save Harry, apparently there's some exposition that tells us that's what gave him away because uh, the bird would only save the true Harry. So Voldemort comes out of nowhere. And uh, I don't know if Hedwig's already unconscious. I think he had already Hagrid? been. Un- yeah, Hagrid, Had- yeah, Hagrid had already been unconscious at this yeah. point. And uh, the wand's locked still, even though it's Lucius's wand, it's still not working. The wands start making out again. And uh, Voldemort's very upset, but Harry gets away. It was a very peaceful wand battle too. It was kind of like slow mo. It was like energy, and then Voldemort's like, oh, "Damn it! It's my Lucius bullshit wand with Elm didn't work." I knew this piece of shit wouldn't do it. I need a better, cooler wand. I'm gonna go talk to Ollivander. Every time I try to do Voldemort, I turn into Bernie Sanders. <laughs> One percent is which Elm wants. <laughs> um, so they end up meeting at the the new Weasley residence is the meeting place. Uh, in the books, they stop by Tonks's parents' house first, uh, Hagrid and Harry, and they take a port key to the Weasley house. I can see why that was cut out. And uh, uh, I think it's uh, Fred that you no, know, who shows up first? It's uh, Remus, right? Remus and a yeah. wounded Harry. Uh, it, what's the word? When you have a twin, uh, uh, the wounded brother, no, there's a really fancy. Oh no. Phil's going to make fun of me. If he still <laughs> listens to the show, he always writes in and there's a word for a, 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 a replica of you. A Doppelganger. Per- yes. <laughs> Thank you. When you said twin, it threw me off. Cause yeah. I was just thinking of the twin. Yeah. The actual twins. Yeah. yeah. So Remus and the Harry doppelganger, one of the doppelgangers is wounded, lays him on the couch. Everybody starts showing up in succession. Uh, Remus is freaking out. Cause he thinks maybe Harry himself is an imposter. So he's like, Hey, how many toes do I have? I've, I only told you. And he's like nine piggies. <laughs> That's, 
You're Steve May. <laughs> what was his actual test question? It was, what was the creature in my office when oh, you first right. met me? A Grindylo. I don't know why he said it all happy. It's like, you're supposed to be sad, Harry. <laughs> Have you seen a Grindylo? Those things are adorable. I just love you, Remus. Um, <laughs> I'm just happy to be involved. Everyone's testing each other. As soon as Kingsley Shacklebolt shows up, he's like, looks at Lupin and says, what was the last thing that Dumbledore said to us? Harry uh, is the best hope we have. Trust Harry is him. the protagonist. And then they all looked at Harry. <laughs> he said that? That's so sweet. So George is the one that's hurt. It's like ears, I guess, supposed to be ripped off. It looked fine and bloody to me. Um, and this is what pissed me off. This is my first anger of the movie. Uh, last person shows up. They killed Mad-Eye Moody. Bill. The coolest guy in the movie. They, they, just died off screen. And Madungus left. And it's like, did that not annoy you? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I'm like, Mad Eye's fucking awesome. You killed him off screen in a line. There are so many characters that die off screen in this franchise. It's and the, they die off screen in the books, but to be fair, but it's like, you have this opportunity to at least give Mad Eye some, let him take out five or six death theater. Like he's like really talented battle wizard. The last time we see Mad Eye Moody is when he flies past Harry and gives him the Luigi death glare from Mario Kart. All right. That's not yeah. how I want to remember Mad Eye going out. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Somebody threw a turtle shell at his ass and took him out. Um, My dungus. And this is when we find out Voldemort has Ollivander. I think Harry has a vision and then it's him asking why his wand doesn't work. Now he's asking why the Lucius's wand didn't work. Like, and John Hurt's like, I thought it would. I'm John Hurt. I swear I thought it would. <laughs> I was an alien. <laughs> Remember that movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, Harry tries oh, to I sneak out Harry. to save everybody else. Ron stops him like, dude, that's not even going to help. What's going to, what's your plan? Tonight's not the night. I love, you'd only be doing him a favor. That's like the best line Ron's had. Plus Bill's weddings tomorrow. I don't know. We're still going to have it. Yeah, we, we bought him a gift. Do you know how hard it is? Like we booked this 13 months ago. We paid the deposit. It's non-refundable. We live here now just to, <laughs> just to ensure we got the spot. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're going to be so mad when they find out we built a house here. Um, and then cuts to the next day, the day of the wedding, Jenny pulls the old zip me up move. We've all done that, right? <laughs> By the way, can you imagine if we did that? If I came in and just had my jeans undone, I was like, can you zip me up? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tenderly zip you up. I understand it's not the same for yeah. many reasons. Yeah. Uh, but do you know how, do you, I'm going to read you my notes word for word for this. Okay. For the next sequence of events. Okay. Over the next minute. Jenny's back and she's got a back. <laughs> <laughs> like literally the back. They awkwardly kiss. George creeping on them. Arthur is, meanwhile, Arthur is literally pitching a tent out back. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Steve. <laughs> Your disdainful notes. Um, that's, that's, that's all not, none of it's wrong. None of it's wrong. Um, yeah, George is kind of playfully watching, you know, the younger kids kind of go they, through a journey. But They did such a good job last movie of making Ginny like a character with agency. And this is her one scene in this movie. And yes. it's just like, look at me. That kiss is I'm the most Ginny. awkward shit I've ever seen in I'm my life. I'm the Ginny you know, but this time I have a back. <laughs> Look at it. And Harry's like, okay, I guess I'll kiss you. <laughs> I wish it had like, I don't know, like Horcrux tattoos or something. You know what I mean? That'd be sweet if you like turned one her, of those like spinal she pads. She turned her back around and there's like this like very descriptive like dragon tattoo on Jenny's back. Yeah. Like the, the what's the, one of the names of the dragons he fights in four. Oh, like the Hungarian. A, yeah. Like a uh, horn tail. Horn tail. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Specifically a horn tail. 
Uh, something like that. Or like the red dragon tattoo and they find out she's a serial killer. Something interesting. What was, what was that thing? With, what, why was George creeping? That was such an odd scene. I didn't take it like that. It like, I don't know hey. what's in his ear. It was like a whole pencil. That was like an older. Well, because he got his ear blown off. That was like an older sibling. Like, what you guys doing? I'm going to make you feel even more uncomfortable. Like, I, I get that, you know? Sure. But like. Like if your little brother's sitting on the couch watching a movie with his date, you never. I mean, I know you don't have a little brother, but like you can imagine just coming in and sitting on the lazy boy and knowing that they hate it going, what's up? You know, yeah. like, that's just something you do as an older brother. Sure. But in the context of all the things they've left on the cutting room floor for this movie, I'd. I would cut that. <laughs> no. Like, they zip, they kiss. Then you go to Arthur outside going, all right, everyone pitch that tent. <laughs> Three, two, one, pitch. Just a match cut it with the tent rising. Well, you hear them in they the background, do, the yeah. whole scene that they they kiss. You hear them like talk about, we're going to get this tent so big. I, for one, want as much Fred and George as possible. Um, For me, I think those guys are hilarious. So yeah, in the book, by the way, Harry had to be uh, a little Weasley cousin to even attend the wedding. They had given him polyjuice potion and taken red hair from a boy in the village nearby and uh, made him drink it and pretend to be a young red-haired Weasley cousin. They really lean in the polyjuice potion at the end of these movies. In the books, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, the Minister of Magic visits the house and it's uh, Scrimgor. I'm here to attend the wedding. <laughs> you know why I'm here. Uh, Albus Percival Wolfric Brian Dumbledore has left a will and testament. He left Ron the Deluminator, known as the Put Outer. The last time we saw that was in the very first movie at the very beginning. Uh, he left Hermione a book called The Tales of Beetle the Bard, which is a basically Grimm's fairy tales from what I can gather. Like some, uh, you never read Babbity Rabbity. <laughs> it's the only book Ron's ever read. That's the impression I get. Harry and gets, his mom read it, them to him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Harry gets the snitch that he caught. The very first one from uh, Philosopher's Stone slash Sorcerer's Stone. The one he caught with his mouth. And he thinks it's, uh, I like that. This was a funny scene. Like the, the minister thinks it's going to do something because everybody knows Dal Dumbledore's a legend. <laughs> yeah. So he's just like waiting for Harry to touch it. He doesn't touch it with his skin. He's kind of holding it like it's a it's going to blow up or something. Yeah. And then he's like, huh? and then he's really disappointed. You see his shoulders fall when nothing happens. Mm -hmm. Is it really just a snitch? Um, and he says, that's not all he left you. He also left you the sword of Godric Gryffindor. And this exposition plays out in kind of a frustrating way. He's like, which I can't give you because it's not Dumbledore's to give away. It's, and then they argue about it for a while. And he's like, but also, I don't know where it is. <laughs> it's kind of like, well, I just wanted to be a dick at first. Why do we have this conversation? <laughs> I don't know why I said any of that, actually. Yeah. And so that's where they leave that. And then the wedding transpires briefly. Uh, Harry runs into Luna and Xenophilius Lovegood. Otto Hightower? Otto Hightower. Reese of Iphans? Reese Iphans? We still don't know if it's Iphans or Iphans. I'm going for with Iphans. If I say Iphans, one of us is right. Yeah. Uh, rather than both yeah. of us being wrong. But he's Xenophilia. Such a cool name. Don't make me say it. Don't make me say it, Your Grace. <laughs> Are you Luna's dad? Don't. Don't make me say it. <laughs> I really hope uh, he's not the type of father in this franchise. No, no. He is in House of the Dragon. <laughs> he's way different. poor Luna deserves the world. Luna is a treasure, She's for sure. I love her little like, oh, I've interrupted a deep thought. I can see it or a, a great thought. I can see it getting smaller in your eyes. Yeah. Like, ah, my favorite great. line of hers in this exchange is her dad being annoying and her going, dad, Harry Potter doesn't want to talk to us right now. He's just too polite to say so. And then walks away, <laughs> yeah. which is like, can I just end conversations that way? When I tell I'm boring somebody, I'm just like, I can tell you don't want to talk to me right now. You're just too polite to say it and just walk away. You should. I just, we need more Lunas in the world. I think that would actually, it, it seems mean, but I think it would solve things. 
more people were like Luna. Dude, Luna, yeah. A more more Lunas in the world means, you know, a better world. And they're braver. Yeah. Smarter, quirkier. Quirkier, mm-hmm. more full of life, yeah. zest. Yeah. More queerness. Everybody be happier. Everybody be happier. Her dad's wearing a Deathly Hallows symbol, but we don't know what that is yet. We also see, I think it's Elpheus Doge. Mm-hmm. Um, he had, we had saw, seen a brief clipping the of newspaper. Doge coin. Yes. Who <laughs> was a wizard, of course. <laughs> That's where crypto came from. Yep. And we had seen a brief snippet of uh, the newspaper Harry was reading, I think at the Weasley's house. And there was, there was a, yeah, there was one about her book being released. And then a smaller article about uh, a farewell to Dumbledore written by Elpheus Doge. And, and Harry goes up and says, Hey, I read your article. It was beautiful. Uh, he, he's known the, the Dumbledores for a long time, longer than anybody on the planet. Some creepy nosy lady nearby is like, <laughs> you heard about Rita Skeeter's new book. She's a gossipy type lady, right? That's when we learn about Bathilda Bagshot and Godric's Hollow. Godric's Hollow, of course, is where Lily and James Potter were killed. We hear a little bit about Dumbledore's story, the context of which I forgot, but apparently Dumbledore's dad like killed three muggles. Mm-hmm. Then they moved to Godric's Hollow as well. Not all of this is news to Well, I don't Harry. Th- I think and I could be wrong, but I think didn't technically his sister's the one that accidentally killed the three muggles and his dad just took the fall for Probably. It. Again, I don't remember she's the Dumbledore backstory. Or what's it called? Ex- oh, like what um what's his name? From the Fantastic Beast movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy was Obscurial? Obscurial, I think you're right. Yeah, I think because she's that and I think she accidentally hurt the muggles and his dad took the fall for it. That's what the flash is be, in the fantastic beast movies, right? I could be wrong. Yeah. That is the flash. Mm. What? That's them. That's them. Baby. Right. in if I'm wrong, no, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, so the ministry, then we get news that the ministry has fallen already. There's, there's like a telegram from Kingsley Shacklebolt off screen. It is oh, you don't a, say. a huge event off oh. screen. Like that would have been cool. Something that would have been really cool to see. To see, yeah. this, to see uh, Bill Nighy do one last over-enunciate. Yeah, he died. Your ministry Literally is right after he, he, like, he went home from the wedding after dropping off his stuff and was just like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> By the way. I really hope to see what that seeker was. <laughs> this, this is like the whole societal infrastructure of the, of the magic world just crumbles so quickly. I understand Voldemort is a very powerful wizard or whatever, but you don't really like see any tangible power. You just see him failing to kill a child over and over and over, (laughs) but like also dismantling the entire society and installing a fascist regime overnight. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's frustrating. That's what I mean about like the world building as an adult looking back. You're like, "Mm, not so great. Hey man, names are powerful. He's got people following him just because of his name. That's true. That's true. He's like the designer clothing line of wizards. Yeah. I mean, it just strikes fear. Nobody will even say it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the ministry's fallen immediately an attack by, by snatchers, they start to call them, but death eaters. um, And so Hermione, Ron and Harry apparate to Shaftesbury Avenue, which I've never been to over the pond to England, but it looks like uh, akin to Times Square in New York city. Mm -hmm. And they almost get run over by one of those cool uh, British buses. The double decks, the double deckers. And she has an undetectable extension charm on her like Louis Vuitton bag. And so she's got oodles of cool stuff in there. It's much bigger on the inside. It is. It is. Uh, they get attacked again when they're trying to get some, some coffee because some cappuccinos in like a little, little shop. And that's a cool little fight scene where they just chuck nameless spells at each other. They do say that uh, this is actually Harry's 17th birthday. So now he can't be traced by the ministry no longer because when you're 17, you no longer have the trace. The minor trace goes off. Exactly. 
Um, and they decide not to kill the two, even though Ron really wants to murder them. And uh, uh, so Hermione obliviates them instead. And Hermione's really cute in the scene because she's mad about missing his birthday. And that's where the birthday comes up, which reminded me of my wife because she did the same thing. Um, she's like, oh, me and Jenny made you a cake and we were going to give it to you at the wedding. And like, that's what's upsetting her at this moment. Not all of the death and destruction of society, <laughs> which is endearing. Like, that's a good yeah. character moment. Um, and she also, another good character moment is when they tell her to obliviate the 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 guys you can tell you can kind of see on her face like oh i don't like this spell because i obliviated my parents mm-hmm. yeah, they really make a meal of her obliviating that guy mm-hmm. um then they end up running to grimwald place that's the only thing place they can think to go and they don't know by the way how i don't know if this ever comes up in the movie does it how they're actually being tracked because they've said that the ministry's tracking device has left but the death eaters are able to continually find them do you know how i don't I believe in the books, at least, I don't know if it comes up in the movie, uh, Voldemort somehow put a trace on his own name so that anyone who says his name would become known to them. So he's got a Google alert on his name. He does. (laughs) He does. (laughs) Because it's pretty genius if you think about it, because no, everyone's scared of him and refuses to say it. So only that little fucker Harry would actually say my name and I'll know exactly where he's at. Yeah. Google it's alert. Just Voldemort at his manner going, say my name. Yeah. <laughs> I dare you. Say my name. He said it. Who am I? <laughs> Go get it. Say my name. Voldemort. Oh, there he is. Suppose there's more emphasis on the E. <laughs> Nobody says it. Right. It's French. Now a word from our sponsor, better help. You know, times are tough. We just got through COVID, right? Everybody's been stuck in their homes for years. We're readdressing life itself. We don't know what's going on. We know that we need to get to the gym. I know I do. I know I need to eat healthy. I got to take vitamins. I got to take minerals. I got to go get a physical every six months or so. Sometimes I do it every two or three years just to see what will happen. But I know that I need to do it. But it's easy to sweep mental health under the rug. It's the only illness that tells you that you don't have it. And it's really difficult to start looking into, you know, you got to drive. Where where do you find a therapist? Is there a therapist store? I don't know of one, but there is an app called BetterHelp that'll help link you with a therapist to suit all of your needs. You can shop through hundreds, nay, thousands of different therapists and find one that helps you get through the day, that helps you address the problems that you're having. And if at any time you feel like they're not, you can easily switch therapists or stop at any time. Mental health has never been easier to access than it is with BetterHelp. Our own host, Steve, has been using it ever since we started being sponsored by BetterHelp, and he says that it has helped him immensely. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash streaming things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash streaming things. Um, and then, so they're at Grimwald Place. There's more visions of Ollivander and 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 Voldemort being pissed about the info he's gotten from him. Um, they they discover who Rab is. It's it's Reg, Regulus Black. Duh. Mm-hmm. Was it Regulus Arnold Black? Something like that. Arnold. Hello. It is me, Regulus Arnold Black. <laughs> I'm going to kill these Horcruxes. Jokes on you, Voldemort. <laughs> you little pansy. I took your locket, and I'm going to destroy it. <laughs> With the rescue grenade. Here, creature, take it out. 
Do it. Do it, creature. Kill it. Ah, it did not work. Do it now. <laughs> they find creature, by the way, the house elf, the little bigoted one. Uh, creature. <laughs> and book creature actually... So in this scene, they get the lock. They find out about the locket from Creature. Like there's two lockets. This is a fake one. Uh, Dolores Umbridge has the other one. But in this scene, because Mundunga stole it from the house, Creature actually gets respect for Harry and like starts, he cleans the whole house at Grimwald and becomes like subservient to him. Or like, he's like, I'll do shit for you. You're, you're cool. Knox. I hate her. I still hate her. Hate her. Can't be clear enough about that. Filthy mud blood. <laughs> it's mud blood. And then, uh, but anyway, so the, the, he, he tells, he does command creature to go find uh, Mundungus and creature disapparates immediately. So. And Dobby shows up. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Not yet. Dobby was hanging in diagonally, snorting some blow and saw creature and <laughs> Harry Potter was nearby. I'm a free elf. I'm a free elf. I got some wicked trainers on. <laughs> we briefly see the Hogwarts Express being overtaken by evil ministry. We see like a jacked and slowly getting more handsome Neville sitting on the train. Uh, the guy, what's his name? Colin? The guy who was at the Slughorn party that was, was hitting on Hermione. On Hermione. Yeah, yeah. He's, my father, I hear about yeah, this. Yeah, I hear about this. I don't know why he sounds like Argus Filch to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a young Argus. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I, Mrs. Norris will hear about this. I want to tell her. Meow. <laughs> I told her. <laughs> she knows now. She's upset. Just wait till you get her clothes. Oh, she's going to knock every drink you have off of the table. <laughs> <laughs> How you like that, Death Eater? Meow. <laughs> yeah, get him. <laughs> Wait, calm down, Mrs. Norris. You're better than them. <laughs> Don't sink to their level. <laughs> Are you still listening? <laughs> and then anyway, uh, that's when uh, Mundungus Fletcher, they catch up with him. He immediately snitches on Dolores Umbridge. That's how we find that out. Um, and then they, they polyjuice potion, the ministry workers, as Steve said, they lean, really lean into the polyjuice in this, uh, in this part of the story. They don't show the fact that they have to, uh, take the clothes off of the ministry workers, but I thought of it awkward. Well, you kind of see it when, uh, Reginald dude shows, shows up later up in his undies. Yeah. yeah. But I'm just saying like, if you, the actual act like of, of undressing a, a sleeping adult, yeah, yeah. A sleeping anyone really, it's just not cool. Um, but their names are Cattermole. I think Runcorn is the one that Harry becomes. I don't know the lady's name, uh, but the guy whose face is awesome that I recognized as a frequent villain in many movies, who is like the the, the head cop now. His name is Yaxley, but that's not somebody they polyjuice. Uh, it's just the the antagonist of this particular sequence. But they end up infiltrating the ministry. Without a Hopkirk. Hopkirk is her name. Hopkirk, I think. Hopkirk. Mm -hmm. They have to flush themselves down the toilet in pure magic fashion. Um, and there's a couple of, I like this sequence a lot. I think it's really funny. Uh, like the fact that Ron, it's some, it's a little too hammy at, at times. Like when Ron forgets that it's not his actual wife, that was a little silly, but I did, I did chuckle. <laughs> My wife's in the basement. My wife's tortured. trapped downstairs. <laughs> you don't have a wife. <laughs> oh Yeah. Um, but he's Cattermole, yeah. So there's some some cool interactions there that I found very funny. The diversion was neat. I guess I'm led to believe it's like Fred and George type stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, there's little clicker 
they look like little things you'd kill in Mario or something that you jump on. Bob-bombs. Yeah, bob-bombs kind of. Yeah, yeah, bombs but with like trumpet horns. Yeah. So that's the diversion. Uh, and thank God, Harry goes into the office and actually says, Accio, lock it, which is like, I'm like, okay, that's definitely what you would do. Mm-hmm. But Horcruxes uh, are protected from the Accio spell. And then anyway, they all end up in the- But you see that Umbridge has had a hit list, I guess, for this whole time because he's pulling out like papers of- certain characters and yeah. like they've got X out of their deck. Yeah. Like, has Umbridge been like, and they're on like actual like manila folders too, like super secret agent style. Yeah. Yes. She's, she sucks. She sucks. <laughs> she sucks. And we go down to that courtroom that we've seen in like flashbacks many, many times. And Umbridge well, also Harry's trial when they were going to expel Yes. Him. And, uh, Umbridge is down there with, uh, Mrs. Cattermole mm-hmm. about to, to whatever happens to be, I guess, execute her probably. Yeah, she's you're, a you're not a witch. How'd you get a wand? It's like, I definitely am. That's how I got the fucking wand. Yeah. Cause this whole time they're seeing a lot of very anti muggle propaganda. There's like a, a muggle statue. Magic in the lobby is might. Now. Magic is might. Harry walks past like a literal propaganda printing station. Yeah. Or, they, they've turned in. It's fascist. And you can tell that they're rounding up undesirables who are either mm-hmm. like half bloods or muggles themselves. And, they're insinuating that this woman, this uh, Mary, I guess they're insinuating she's either half blood or a muggle. Either way, they're saying you're not a witch, right? Uh, so we're gonna do whatever we do. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and the whole time, the Dementors are like hanging in. They're in the lurking, ceiling. and in this is where they kind of confirm that she controls them because she has like the device next to her at her podium that's emitting some sort of energy that's keeping them at bay. Oh my goodness. Is there a trial today? Oh, why are we all stuck here? I'm just floating around the city. Oh, there's so much dust up here. It's, it's better than Azkaban. Oh, well, she better turn that thing off. I've got errands to run today. I don't even it's think. It's not one day off. Did you clock in? No. Oh my God. You're not going to get any credit for this. You know, this they're not going to let you back do it. This is horse pucky. I'm so upset about you this. You can't curse like that in the trial I'm room. I'm so sorry I said the H word. I'm so sorry. That Dolores Umbridge is horse pucky. I like that necklace she's got, though. Oh, it's great. It's nice. It's great. What's that guy doing? (laughs) (laughs) Because he sees she's wearing the locket, and he says a line that I liked, one mustn't tell lies, right? Because she's never quite gotten the comeuppance that that he wants. But then he, do you ever just want, like, it's never going to happen. But do you ever just want, instead of stupefy, just imagine how cool this movie would be if Harry had just hit her with the, the sectum sempra, right. And she just had Shit. thousands of slashes and blood squirted all over the podium. And then <laughs> Hermione was like, Harry, <laughs> sorry. What the fuck? <laughs> or like when they're being chased on the motorcycle. Oh, shotgun blast that old lady. Oh my God. <laughs> Maybe he does belong in Azkaban. That Go little, get him. That little stinker. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kiss up on him right now. That's oh. terrible. Oh, get out of that elevator, boy. <laughs> I've got words. Like when you. they were chasing the motorcycle and like these are like literal death eaters, right? These are like fascist, terrible people. And Harry's just turning around like stupefy. It, it annoys me. You know, like I know it's an unforgivable curse, but just nobody's looking. Hagrid's not going to tell. Thought I could ever. Oops. <laughs> it just came out. Uh, Hagrid? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what just came over me. That it was just came bad. out. I'm sorry. That was my bad. Pretty effective, though. Maybe we should keep doing No, no. We're good guys. We're I've got to tell on you, Harry. Uh, Crucio. 
You're <laughs> Hagrid. If you snitch on me, I'm gonna tell about what you did to Dursley that one time. <laughs> yeah, you gave him a tail. Oh boy, Hagrid, what are you gonna do? <laughs> oh, shouldn't you, have done that. I found myself in a real bucket of syrup. I did. <laughs> Speaking of syrup, I love that. <laughs> um, and then we see, yeah. So they they get the locket. All hell breaks loose. They all start transforming back into themselves, except Ron, who stays as uh, Catermole. And then the Dementors run down. We're gonna get you. Here we come. Finally, that lady turned that force field off. Sheesh. Why can't we just at least have a seat? Did she won't even let us sit in a chair? They were really rushing to the elevator because, like, I need to get out. It's my day off. I had plans. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, little boys. I was going to Penny's. There's a sale. <laughs> Penny's? <laughs> JC Penny's? You know it. That's at Macy's. Macy's is closed. How <laughs> come all the stores are the same in England, Harry Potter land? <laughs> Uh, and then we we see uh, a really funny scene that I enjoyed where uh, the Cattermole's wife, Mary, does not recognize that Ron's voice is inside her husband's body. Apparently, they're very similar. Mm-hmm. And she kisses him and it cuts to Hermione and like Hermione stops and she's like shocked, but also a little angry. And Ron's like shocked, but also like a little like, hell yeah. And it's a funny <laughs> moment, you know. And then the real Reginald shows up like, Mary, who's that? Pleasure meeting you. <laughs> Boy, this was that was a mental kiss. <laughs> um, and then, so they jump into, uh, I guess it's like a flu powder what's, what's situation. What's the wizard police guy's name with the ponytail? Yaxley. That dude's a cool villain. He is. I wish he was around more. It's almost like he should have been in more than a couple scenes. Yeah, he was really cool and threatening and scary. And then he just, I, what happened to him? He's a great actor. I think he's in um, Ozarks. I'm pretty sure that's the head drug dealer in Ozarks. Well, he he chases them down, and they, like you said, they jump into the flu powder fireplaces Dang. to apparate somewhere, and um, he kind of grabs Ron at the last second, and because Ron's concentration is broken, he gets splinched. Um, well, I think what happened is she said that they went to Grimwald Place, and that she took them all to that Brandon Place field oh, okay. without Yaxley, and it was because she was in such a hurry that Ron got splinched. Which oh, splinched okay. is like uh, he half didn't apparate, right? And so his arm, he's all fucked up. Yeah, it's like you teleport, but some of your body does not teleport with you. So his parts of his arm is left, uh, presumably, I guess, left where they Either were. that or it's just like not put together correctly. Like just different jigsaw pieces are squished together instead yeah. of proper. So he's all screwed up. She, she's telling Harry, I need the essence of Dittany out of my bag. And he's like uh, looking through this like gargantuan bag. I mean, this. It's like a gymnasium size, one thing at a time. And she's like, today, Harry, you're a wizard. Uh, and he's like, Accio Dittany. And um, he puts that on there. And I then, do love how they use Accio a bunch in this movie. Because like, if that was a real thing, I would Accio everything. Yeah, I would like, look for zero things. Yeah, like, it, oh, I want my phone, Accio phone. Can you oh, imagine? My lap. You're, you're dropping a, you're, you're a wicked, you're torquing a wicked cable. Oh, Jesus You realize Christ. there's no toilet paper. Accio bidet, my friend. Accio toilet paper is what I was going to say. You bidet. Then Instead you never, of like, then you never honey! <laughs> Can you roll it underneath the door? <laughs> it doesn't fit. Um, I, I also like that we see a bunch of spells where Hermione's like setting up the enchantments to keep the campground safe. We hear muffliato, which means nobody can hear them talk. Uh, and she says, repello muglium. Wonder what that does. Um, and some other things that I, I thought was pretty cool. Mm. So she's, Putting all kinds of enchantments up. Hermione's the MVP of this group. She is. Saying. Like Ron said in that one scene, we wouldn't last two two days without her. No, they would not. Don't tell her I said that. And there's a weird thing where like, and I know it's because of the Horcrux and they get one ring to rule them all. 
but like every time Hermione does something super smart and cool, there's a couple instances where Harry's like, oh, glad to see your spells work. You dumb bitch. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is this energy you're coming to the scene with my guy? Yeah, there's a lot of negative energy here, but there's a lot of fun in the beginning. Um, I know we're running real late on time, but we, they, they find out they can't destroy the locket. They try a bunch of spells on that. So we get to see more spells there too. Um, there's faint news in the background on the radio of Tonks running around with goblins. Did you catch that? Yeah. It's saying how like Dean Thomas is missing as well. Mm. And he was with her. I think there was like a game or something that focused on that story, but I, I don't know what that is. Um, because grip hook is with them as well. Grip I mean, hook. They, they mentioned grip hook. Is that, um, that's the, the work Davis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we hear, uh, we see another vision. This one is with, uh, Grigorovich, who's a like ancient wand maker to Ollivander. He's been accosted by Voldemort as well. Um, and then that's all we see of that, but we find he's the guy who made the elder wand, right? Yeah. Well, at least he had the elder wand. He, I don't know if he made it, but he had it and, uh, Grindelwald, Grindelwald stole, it, stole from it from him. Yeah. And then Harry, uh, is a dick to Hermione because he's wearing the Horcrux. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of like the one ring, right? Um, why shouldn't I keep it? Uh, <laughs> little Bilbo for you there. Uh, Severus is headmaster of Hogwarts. We also hear that on the radio, I think. I would love to have seen that. I wanted to see so much Snape and, and mm, like all the kids see. at Hogwarts dealing with no. the insane Death Eater regime at Hogwarts. I would love to have seen this. Obviously not time in the script for that. We will not have study hall no. we will not do free lunches we only do three classes from now on they are how to brew glory <laughs> how to put a stopper in death and how to bottle fame that is it it's from 6 a.m to 10 p.m mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyone caught complaining will be sectum simpered immediately Pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Death Eaters wander by, can't see them, but they do sniff out Hermione, who is, for some reason, wearing perfume. Who is this main snatcher guy that smells? I thought it was... uh, Was it uh, supposed to be the werewolf guy from the previous movie, but with a different actor? Fenrir Greyback? Yeah. I thought it was him because of the smelling, but... My wife was like, well, any human could smell perfume. I was like, very, very true. I thought it was Fenrir. It might not be. Uh, but after they almost get smelled out, they they wander off. And this is where I got the vibes of the war, right? Like we, we go through like a blown out trailer park and it, it just gave me like post-apocalyptic vibes that I thought would have been really neat to explore. Oh, it very much seemed like a post-apocalyptic movie for a second. And there. there's like lists of names of, I think, the dead on the radio and like that whole, like I said, it's like kind of a, a, a World War II vibe for me with the radio specifically. Hermione's cutting Harry's hair, implying that they're out wandering for a long time, long enough for him to need a haircut, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then this is when they start talking. She has a, an epiphany about why they would need the sword of Gryffindor because you can't uh, dull the blade of goblin steel, right? It only additive things. Like it takes what it needs and leaves the rest. So therefore, in her theory, when he killed the basilisk, basilisk with this, the sword, it would have been infused with basilisk venom, and which we know can destroy a horse horcrux, which mm-hmm. is why Dumbledore was like, get that shit. Get it, boy. And he gave her the book because it's got the Deathly Hallows symbol on it. And he gave Ron the put-outer because he knew Ron's stupid. And Ron would, need, would, Ron would, would flake need to, and need to come back. <laughs> like, Ron's got the lamest gift. <laughs> um, this is this has the worst, because uh, when they're talking about, when she makes a discovery about the sword, 
Uh, she has this line that drives me insane because it's so bad. It's when Harry's like, Hermione, you're brilliant. And then she goes, actually, I'm highly logical, which allows me to look past extraneous detail and perceive clearly what others overlook. Who the fuck talks like this? Well, it would have been a good line if they had had Harry be like, like call attention to how, what an awkward thing to say that is. Well, he kind of like, does. Just, just take the compliment. He kind of does. And, and he's just like, Roy. In the moment, he's like, yeah, like, I'm not going <laughs> to, yeah. I'm not going to open this can of words with you right now. Yeah. But it's still kind of like, I understand. This movie's two and a half hours long. <laughs> you could have just, you're brilliant. Cut. Thanks. <laughs> you're brilliant. Oh, I'm here too. Like that, no, that's Ron's line. And he feels that way, which is why he comes out immediately. Oh, go on. No, no, no. You're cool. <laughs> like, yeah, they're doing the job. And Harry's like, on the one hand, it's upsetting that he's not like, Hey, you're wearing the locket. None of this is real. Right. I think Hermione says it. She does. But yeah. even then Harry's like, no, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> I know actually like Ron this whole time. I do actually think I'd be a better boyfriend. I'm just going to say it. Just okay. Say it. She's cutting my hair. <laughs> Your hair looks like shit <laughs> and it's red. Um, <laughs> Damn. That's Harry talking. Not me. Damn. Harry. <laughs> uh, Ron's a dick. He leaves. Hermione's like, I'm definitely not going to leave with you. Stopping the apocalypse. And Ron's like, whatever. And uh, then whatever, they have- I do what I want. They have to move camp. And, and then we cut to, it's not quite a montage, but we see Harry and, and uh, Hermione alone together for quite a while. This is when we get the awesome dance scene, right? Uh, with the actual chemistry. Um, and then he finds out, and it gets really awkward after the dance though. What was the vibe you got? Was it like, Hey, we can't be romantic or was it, Hey, oh yeah, I remember the world's ending, but we had a brief moment. I'm going with the latter. Well, I think what they're going for is, Hey, my friend is super upset that her love interest is gone and we're going through this crazy thing. So let's try to bring some levity to the scene with my, with my friend. hundred percent. But yeah. I mean the moment after the dance when for. like immediately dies and they get oh, sad. They look at each other. Uh, part two of what you said. Yeah, same. Yeah. But I think it, you wouldn't be blamed for for inferring part one. Um, and then next, the, the very next thing Harry does is kiss a snitch, which he He's, does. Was he, he pretending it was Hermione? <laughs> he does say like, oh yeah, because <laughs> I swallowed my first snitch. No, I think he was like, oh yeah, Hermione. <laughs> no, <I'm> <laughs> you know, you kiss your hand when you practice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he remembers that the this, this is such a bad line too. It's, he's like, look, I remember the snitches have a flesh memory, but I did. <laughs> don't like that. Exactly. Term. But he's memory. like, but I remember I caught it with my mouth. So I licked it. He didn't say that, but it says I open at the close. What does that mean? I don't know. And then oh, I also had a breakthrough. Yeah. Look at this symbol. <laughs> I don't know what it is in the book. So they're both really lame breakthroughs. And then, and Harry, Babbity Rabbity. I wrote that down for some reason. And because <laughs> they're talking about the book, Harry decides he wants to go to Godric's Hollow, which she says is not a good idea because that's where gonna, they're going to expect you to go because you have so much tied to that place. And he's like, but that's also where Dumbledore was, uh, Dumbledore, um, Voldemort was killed. Dumbledore uh, was killed. So maybe that's a place where a Horcrux would be. Terrible reasoning, but whatever. They go to Godric Hollow. Uh, Hermione realizes, hey, it's Christmas Eve. She sees the gravestone of a Ignatus Peveril, and there's the Deathly Hollow symbol on the grave, I think. And he, she, Harry's over there at James and Lily Potter's grave. Uh, they say Merry Christmas to one another, which is offensive because it is 
happy Christmas <laughs> in Harry Potter land. Um, and he, they, they see where it all I went know down. It was a wizarding war on Christmas, Chris. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, they see where it all went down. The house that Lily and James died in was all blown. Nobody's bought it or rebuilt it. Nobody's going to want that house. Right. Mm, um, something bad happened there. And then Bethilda backshot is being a creepy old bitch in the back. <laughs> Just looking down the street at, you know, how that is when they like somebody's, you know, how old ladies be. Yeah. They're like, you're not from this neighborhood. What are you doing? We don't take kindly to people who aren't from these parts of the woods, Mm-mm-mm. especially on Crema. Um, they see a young Grindelwald. They don't know who that is at the time as a picture in Bethilda Bagshot's house. But then, uh, Bethilda doesn't say anything until Hermione wanders off and she starts speaking parcel tongue. But Harry never recognizes parcel tongue. He just hears words. We, who knows what she was saying? Uh, but I think what she was saying is, I'm a snake. Because <laughs> then she turns into Nagini. We've never seen Nagini have this ability or this magic to impersonate a person, to my knowledge, before or since in the movies or books. Just randomly, the snake is Bethilda Bagshot. Mm-hmm. There's and a, I'm fine with it. There's a lot of weird things happening in the scene, especially for people who aren't book readers. They might be like, I don't know who Grindelwald is. I don't know exactly. What that I, is. I was thinking I took notes on this. I was like, what does all this mean to a movie only watcher? Is any of this coming across? Correct. I don't think so. I think there's a lot of missing holes for people who did not read the books specifically during this part. Yeah. I mean, you would have had to do some, some heavy Googling. That's a lot of like, when this movie ends, I'm going to Google that lady's whole deal. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then I, I thought the fight with Nagini was pretty lame. I, I gotta be honest. I mean, Harry's this, using a brick. He's a wizard. This kind of goes back to what you said before with, uh, you know, we're going to all the important locations cause they, don't they fight in his old like bedroom? Isn't I think it? so. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so did Hermione, cause Hermione wanders off. She opens a door and there's just blood on the ceiling. I guess that's where is Bethilda that, was killed. Is that implied that the real Bethilda's body is on the ground? Um, or at least just the, the gore of what remains is there. Yeah. Cause yeah, it, there was just a strange like pan up to the ceiling. And I was like, why did they pan up to the ceiling? Harry, Harry, there's a lot of gore down here, but it's on the ceiling too. In retrospect, we shouldn't have split up like Mulder and Scully in the lady's house who doesn't speak. <laughs> I want to believe, <laughs> I want to believe Hermione. It's totally normal that she hasn't said a word since we saw her in the middle of the street at night on Christmas Eve. And she's hanging out at your parents' house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they're easily duped after being so alone in the woods for mm-hmm. so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they fight with the snake a little bit, and then she apparates them to the Forest of Dean. Not Dean Thomas. Not Dean Thomas. But a place in, a real place in England, I, I would imagine. I didn't Google this. Um, and then this is where they talk about Grindelwald a little bit. Because he stole the wand from Gregorovich. Speaking of wands, Harry says, and Hermione says, Ooh, Ooh awkward. Your wand is Baroque. And uh, Harry wanders off a little bit, follows a doe, Patronus, and finds the sword a of Patronus. Yes. Nice. I'll be here till Thursday. We should start a Harry Potter themed donut shop called Padonuts. I love that. Accio Padonuts. <laughs> That's the whole name of the shop. Accio Padonuts. Come on down. Apparate on down. And the <laughs> little port keys, all that stuff. All our donuts are gluten-free. We make them with flu powder. That's right. Not true. Not true. <laughs> I just bought them. Wink. These are Krispy Kremes. <laughs> and uh, he finds the sword of Gryffindor in a, a frozen lake, tries to Accio it again. Accio sword of Gryffindor. <laughs> again, don't blame him for trying. Um, I, I would have done the, that first as well. Then he disrobes 
everything but the uh, Horcrux because, you know, and I'll buy it. Like, hey, I don't want to leave that land on the, the super important. Yeah. Uh, but the Horcrux starts fucking choking him out underwater. Pretty, don't get the sword. It's going to stab me. Pretty scary stuff. It is. Um, that's one of my fears is in a cold pond under your, a your, your blanket of ice. Gaining, gaining sentience and trying to murder you? No. Like, w w there's many movies that have, like, go in ice hole and then get trapped in the water oh, without the, the ability to get out. Like, it's just a lid of ice now. Like, mm -hmm. that's scary that as shit. That is scary. And that you can't, scary. it's so dark. You can't, like, find where the hole was, right? Uh, but luckily, Ron just happens to be wandering up because Dumbledore's so smart. He gave him the put outer. I deluminated over here. Hey, I was just wandering around. The and his speech, I think, is way worse than the uh, line you hated from Hermione. Like, why are you here, Ron? Well, it turns out that the deluminates. Oh, no. <laughs> You, you pretend some, to think I did not write anything that, out about that. Because that exchange is awful. <laughs> yeah. uh, so anyway, there's a little bit. Ron gets the the sword of Gryffindor and Harry out of the pond. Um, and then they decide to try to destroy, destroy the, the fucking locket together, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and he's like, okay, I'm going to speak parcel tongue to it. It's going to open. I need you to hit it immediately. And Ron's like. parcel tongue password is to get it to open? Um, Please. Okay. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so it immediately preys on all of Ron's fears. And it's mostly that he's the third wheel and that Hermione is way more interested in Harry than him. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you think oh, he's the chosen one. Who are you compared to him? Your wand is way smaller than his. <laughs> and they, they, he even has like, there's like a, they're naked making out and stuff in the smoke and stuff. Yeah. He's like, ah! and then he, that's when he stabs it. He's like, I hate this. And <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even gotten to see anyone naked. And then not my best friend, not her. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody was really shy in the dorms. Yeah. Except for Neville. <laughs> yeah, Neville was just open up, open, opening up them robes, if you know what I mean. But yeah, this guy. Take it back. Again, Hermione's mad and take just, it away. Just think of Harry and, or smoke Harry and smoke uh, Hermione making out in this scene. And then just remember Hermione and Ginny making out earlier Whoa, in this movie. And it's mean like, Harry. Oh yeah, and Harry, sorry. And just imagine like, there's a difference there. Yes. <laughs> maybe that's uh, maybe that's more of a, the actor's <laughs> indifference, but who knows? <laughs> the chemistry just isn't there with Jenny. No. So now Hermione's really mad at Ron because like, he's 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 mean too, right? So he just says hi, and hi. she starts hitting him with her backpack and shit. You're like, wait, you can't just show up at the last second. Why do you have a fucking sword? Why is the locket destroyed? You suck. And like she's she's angry that. She, he deserted her. He does have a good excuse. Like as soon as he stormed out, he couldn't find them anymore because of all the enchantments and stuff like that. Had yeah, no he got way rid to. of the locket and he, you know, he got sober from the, the whole that's all uh, understandable, but his explanation of how he returned, I just don't, I don't understand. I know it's magic, but it's like, he was sitting by himself, hiding from snatchers. He clicked the put outer, the light flew through his chest and he just knew it was going to lead him to Hermione. So he apparated, apparated where? The, like the, fl act here. the act of flying through the chest, like gave him the like well, subconscious knowledge of where to where to apparate. Or? Well, I think he probably just wanted to. He 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 felt her presence so much that when he was like apparate, and he had her on the mind, so it took her to where he she was. Right. But still, and that was on Christmas Eve. So then he wandered for twelve hours until he found Harry's Patronus. Right. <laughs> Presumably. Okay. okay. Never Presumably. mind. I'm caught up. Yeah. The timelines don't really match up here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um. 
Do you have anything you want to say about that? I thought you had a bunch of rants oh, about rant that. Oh, rant sucks. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's just, you've said it. Okay. I, I don't want to, I don't want to beat the drum on this too much. <laughs> uh, then we cut to them in the tent and it's a funny moment where Ron has like an extra wand he took from a death eater for Harry and he says, 10 inches, <laughs> nothing special, but I reckon it'll do. And I was like, hold up, <laughs> hold up, Mr. Weasley, <laughs> what explain you, yourself. What are you working with? Um, I do love, uh, the first thing Harry does to try it out is Gorgio on the candle and it's freaking like that. That was pretty funny. He's going to need some practice. Yeah. Um, and then Hermione wants to go see Xenophilius love good. Cause she saw that symbol. She wants to ask him what the symbol is. Yeah. And so they go to see, in fact, uh, the love goods, Steve, take it away. <laughs> The Love Goods. Why did you say it like that? I didn't that? mean to. <laughs> well, they uh, they go to the Love Goods house. Um, there is this really cute. Um, I love the dirigible plums that are outside of the Love Good house. I just, I, anytime you can use the word dirigible, I'm like, I'm here for it. I, it's, it's on my, I write it on my hand every morning to try to work it into any sentence I can. How does that work out for you? It buddy? never does. Never. Oh, that's a shame. I end up just having to say it. You guys want to call an Uber or like a dirigible? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they meet uh, Xenophilius. He seems a little bit out of sorts. Um, He's kind of disheveled. He's a little anxious that they're there. Uh, this definitely takes place months after the wedding because Harry says, like, yeah, I met you months ago. Um, Luna's not there. He says she'll be along. Uh, but they notice that they ask him about his uh, Deathly Hallows sign. He's like, oh, you guys have heard the tale of three brothers? Ron and Hermione are like, yeah. Uh, but Harry has not. So they begin to explain the the tale of the three brothers to Harry in a interesting uh, animated sequence. That was actually really neat. Yeah. What I like that a lot. What do you think about the animation? I love animation. Me personally, I watch a lot of uh, Studio Ghibli films. Um, Brag. I forget the the studio that does like Wolf Walkers and, and stuff like that, but those are great movies, The Little Prince. And it kind of reminded me of that animation style, which is really neat. And uh, so that's why I loved it. That's all, Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you swore on a Bible before you told that. Uh, but they, so the story kind of goes, I'm going to kind of blaze over this, but they're three brothers. They try to get over a bridge. Mm -hmm. They straight blaze. Uh, they try to get over a bridge, but death is like, Hey man, that's my bridge. I want to kill people with that's my bridge. That's my, that's my river. Your, your, your bridge is making sure people don't die. I feel like I'm owed. So he tricks them by giving them gifts. Uh, one brother gets what essentially is the elder wand. One brother gets what is the cloak of invisibility that Harry's been using this whole mm. time. What's the third one? I'm it's like a like, hat. It's, it's just a hat. Yeah. Is it just the, a really cool hat? It's a truck. It's a snapback trucker hat. Hell yeah. <laughs> it says John Deere on it. John Deere. I don't remember, obviously. Uh, it might be like a hat. <laughs> Look that up while I keep going. Because uh, I did not take uh, good enough notes during the scene. But uh, basically. The resurrection stone. Oh, yes. It's the resurrection stone. Uh, yeah. And that just leads they, that uh, they find out through this that Voldemort's after the Elder Wand, which is like the most powerful of all wands. Baby. It can't be beat. Cannot be beat. That's the one I own. Uh, well, when they kind of wrap this up, uh, Xenophilus goes downstairs. He's acting a little bit more crazy. Come to find out, the Death Eaters kidnapped Luna. Mm. And Not cool. Xenophilus is very scared. He wants his daughter back. So he has at some point you know, snitched sort of upon them, snitched upon them. And the death eaters arrive to capture Harry Potter in the dumbest fashion. <laughs> Cause they're just like, Oh, the death eaters here. All right. Bye. And Xenophilius leaves. And then the death eaters are like, we're just going to crumble this house. Oh, they can apparate whenever the fuck they want. But dang, great plan guys. You <laughs> did it. 
Uh, but unfortunately for the gang, they apparate back into the woods where the Snatchers just happen to be waiting for them. Uh, there's a little bit of a, a chase scene in the woods where they're, you know, shooting fireworks at each other with their wands. Uh, but they, but uh, Hermione kind of has the realization that they're going to be trapped. They're going to know who Harry is. So she kind of does the it's a it's a sting spell where she shoots Harry in the face with it and it kind of makes his face disguises his face. Yeah. He yeah. looks like uh, Goyle all of a sudden. Yeah. That way the plan is they don't know he's Harry Potter. Uh, but the, but the leader of the snatchers is kind of like, wait a minute. I think that is Harry Potter. He notices the scar. And he's like, Hey, we're taking these guys, not to the ministry. We're taking him to Malfoy Manor. Do you know why they take him to Malfoy Manor? I don't. That's that's a question I have. Are they under Malfoy's employee? Like, why would they like Malfoy like kind of protects him a little bit. Well, I mean, Lucius Malfoy. Yeah, so maybe Lucius is, yeah, maybe he's stepped in a little bit, swinging his, his, you know, his thang. Yeah, they're like, hey, man, we, uh, this is possibly Harry Potter, and you are once a very rich guy, so maybe if we help you out, you scratch, we scratch your back, you scratch our back. Mm-hmm. We're the snatchers, maybe you Voldemort give us a lost last name. time, but uh, I could use a little nest egg. Just in case. <laughs> I'll just tell him it was the, uh, what's the one again? The controls me curse. The, um, there's the Cruciatus. There's the, uh, the murder one. And then there's the, <laughs> the murder one. The one where you get controlled. Yeah. You don't want to be get controlled. You don't remember that one either? I don't remember the name of it. No. God damn it, Steve. Well, Andy's, we're, we were missing Andy. My God. <sighs> my God. Well, they go to Malfoy Manor because they're hoping, and, you know, Bellatrix kind of. Imperi- and, imperi- imperious. The imperious curse. <laughs> hey, you got there. You got there. Sorry. Uh, Bellatrix is like, hey, we need to make sure this is Harry Potter 100%. Get Draco, because Draco Malfoy knows him best. If Draco properly identifies him, then we can send him to the Dark Lord, because if we, you know, give the, just some rando to the Dark Lord, he'll kill us all. Uh, but Draco uh, is kind of conflicted. He knows it's Harry, but he doesn't seem to actually want to... It's definitely Potter. But I'm not going to say I it. Smell him. <laughs> Poor Draco. He doesn't want to be there. He just wants to play in 64. Yeah. He, He's he, the only kid to have one. It was two years before it came out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and But then everything got super dark and weird. And, you know, now he's just, you know, playing like a, like an evil person. He just wants to play Mario 64. Don't we all? Uh, but Bellatrix kind of whips the snatcher's ass. She's like, hey, you motherfuckers, get out of here. This is our prize. Uh, you're not going to take any sort of uh, responsibility for this. He's ours. Um, she sends the boys down to the dungeon. Uh, and in the dungeon, we get to see Luna. She's down there. Hello. Ollivander's down there. And uh, so is Hello. Crip Hook. <laughs> and Crip Hook. I don't and know Crip how to Hook. talk like Warwick, Warwick Davis. I'm here. <laughs> Doesn't he do like a really deep voice for Crip Hook? Oh, you. I'm also in Willow. <laughs> yes, he is. It's uh, a new show on Disney+. Plus. I also play another character in Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> the, the professor one. Flitwick. Yeah, that one. He's a cool dude, that guy. Joms. Mm. Uh, a Wormtail's there as well. Um, but while they're in the dungeon, uh, Harry pulls out the shard of glass from the mirror, and he's been kind of catching eyes with someone watching him in that shard of glass this whole movie. And I love when he pulls it out of his boot. Luna's like, that's an interesting thing to have in a boot. <laughs> I love her. Uh, but he and even looked, to her, that's weird, right? Yeah. She's like, weird. what are you doing? That's, that's not where you put glass. Uh, that's but where you put dirigible plums. But Harry's desperate. He doesn't know who's watching him, but he, he pulls out the glass. He's like, hey, help us. And, you know, a second later, who appears? Fucking Dobby. Fucking Dobby. Fucking Dobby. I'm here to save Harry Potter, Dobby's friend. I was sent by Aberforth. Who? Aberforth. Who? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, Dobby's there. Harry wants him to rescue the others before they he comes back, and he's like, "Meet me at top of the stairs in ten seconds." What could go wrong? I'm the Jason Bourne of House. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Dobby's one line where Harry's like, hey, you can apparate into this room. He's like, well, yeah, I'm an elf. <laughs> I can do whatever the fuck I want. You gave Dobby socks. I'm a free elf. I can go wherever I want to go. I take an eight ball in each nostril every minute. I'm going to take them home. I'm going to go get some blow and I'll meet you at the top of the steps in 10 seconds. What more do you want me to say? I'm back. Oh, Harry Potter, I'm a friend. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he, he comes back. Uh, meanwhile, Bellatrix is torturing. Uh, Watermelon sugar. Because I feel uh-huh. like- <laughs> I feel like he's screaming Harry Styles as soon as he does a rail. Oh my God, you know he does. God. He loves the Styles. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great song to do blow to. Watermelon Sugar. Watermelon Sugar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Harry Styles does that all the time. Especially if you're Dobby. Uh, but yeah, d- the Deus Ex Dobby continues because he apparates back and he stuns Wormtail. Um, and they're able to escape the dungeon. This kind of sets off a big, you know, bad guys versus good guys sort of uh, fight uh, where um, they're all kind of doing a wizarding duel in the Malfoy Manor. Uh, wizarding duel. Wizarding duel. <laughs> That's what Steve did. <laughs> yeah, just, just waving my hands around. I don't know. Uh, but eventually you get this really nice thing where they're about to apparate away and Dobby has a little last stand to his former oppressors, the former Malfoys, because they're like, how dare you take his wand? Because he kind of, does he snap Lucius's wand away? Or yeah, I think so. Wand? Uh, he snaps one of their wands away and is like, how dare you touch their 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 wands, you filthy elf. And he's like, Dobby is a free elf. That's <laughs> my thing. Uh, and then they apparate away. But as the apparating no! cloud is still percolating in the air, Bellatrix is able to throw a dagger. Just in the An actual time. knife, by the way, too. It makes me mad. It's like a physics. Like why, why do you have a knife? You're a witch. She seems like a knife pervert. I just like knives. Yeah, she's 100% a knife Never pervert. Never got to use one before. This is amazing. Uh, but yeah, the knife makes it through and it actually, uh, it, it sticks Dobby, unfortunately. They end up on a beach. Everyone's kind of like, hey, we made it. Oh no, Dobby's dying. Uh, Harry kind of holds Dobby in his arms. Dobby says the iconic, what a nice, what a beautiful place to be with friends. Harry Potter's Dobby's friends. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't have that overdramatic death noise, but, uh, and this was the part that I made at least 30 people look at me differently. And now potentially thousands of people look at me differently. When the first time I saw this, I was laughing maniacally because I thought it was really fucking funny, (laughs) but it is a really, really effective, sad scene. It is. My wife gets destroyed and it does get me as well. I I do shed tears because it's like, you know, how much, how much of his life was spent under the thumb and how much freedom did he get? And just to be such a wholesome creature still he just got those wicked trainers too and it's and it's and it's more effective too in comparison to other deaths because we actually fucking see it yeah 100 percent. even though like i said i like how you came in with the yeah yeah <laughs> like even though like we don't see dobby hardly ever in this franchise he just kind of pop other than the f- second movie he what he popped up like one other time between the second movie and now yes like, imagine if we had spent even more time with Dobby, because in the second movie, he's like, I'm trying to kill Harry Potter to save Harry Potter for most of the movie. Imagine like you kind of really kind of bring that rapport like, oh, Dobby is actually a really cool, loyal friend. Uh, you get to see it a little bit more. And then this happens. Oh, my gosh. As effective as the scene is, imagine if it had even more baggage to it. It would like I wouldn't have laughed the first time I saw yeah. it. Yeah, I would not I, have. It's on it's on you, movie. 
It's on. Yeah, this Steve's is, not a bad person. This is your fault, David Yates. We used to call him you Stu. He's such a good person that we called him Stu. So I, bl- I blame David Yates. The pandemic changed me. Look at Fantastic Beasts and all those movies, and there's the evidence you need to blame David Yates. I if rest my case. If only I knew where to find them. Asked and answered. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep saying random objection. Uh, but Dobby dies. It's super sad. Uh, but then we cut to an island. I believe it's uh, Dumbledore's grave site. And uh, there's some island boys on it as well. Some island boys. <laughs> and the Voldemort's like, yeah, Nux. Uh, but he but br- use caution with those grills. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Voldemort breaks into the 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 the, the casket or the tomb of Dumbledore and steals the Elder Wand. Uh, it's kind of funny that the one thing he was looking for was right in front of him the whole time in yeah. many ways. But I thought he can't use it, right? Because you have to defeat the person with the Elder Wand. Well, he uses it. He can use it, but it doesn't quite answer to him. That's just, that's what's weird. They go into it more in part that's two. the reason that that he needed Draco to do it, right? Dumbledore needed Draco to be the true owner of the Elder Wand. Mm-hmm. So that nobody would defeat him except Harry. Because Voldemort's under the impression that S- Snape is, quote unquote, the true old, uh, true owner of the Elder Wand. Correct. Because he, Snape is the one that kills Dumbledore. But Draco had already disarmed him mm-hmm. and beaten him technically. Mm-hmm. With uh, that Expelliarmus. And so Dumbledore, <laughs> or I'm sorry, Voldemort can use the Elder Wand, but it hurts him if he uses it, if he tries to use too much power. Because in the next movie, it starts like burning That's right. him and stuff. Yeah. That's right. Um, it's, so been a, it's been a while. So that concludes uh, the Deathly Hell is part one. Part Chris. one. Um, let's pull up before we before we reveal our card. I've got some questions on the Discord from our, our our lovely uh, patrons and friends, our stream fiends. Pull them up, my and guy. I think Jimmy's here to watch The Last of Us with us. So we'll we'll wrap that up after we wrap this up, baby. Here's what I'm reading from the questions. Uh, the sequence where Harry and Hermione are dancing and laughing together severely breaks my heart and is what convinces me Harry and Hermione definitely had the best chemistry throughout these movies. Agreed. Agreed. Who said this? Uh, this is Sean C. Uh, uh, my take on it is that they both agree wordlessly that while they do have feelings for each other, Harry and Hermione have already chosen where to prioritize their feelings. So they have to do the mature thing and move on if they really love each other. See, that's interesting because that's exactly what I was saying. Like, I wouldn't blame anybody for reading that scene this way, though. I do think it was more of, oh, yeah, the world's ending. And I miss Ron was supposed to be what the context and subtext of that scene was. Um, But I don't blame anybody for reading it this way because of the chemistry that is there. I think it's a huge adult moment for them both, as hard as it is to watch, to realize sometimes loving someone means letting them go and that it is possible to love two people at once. See, I agree with all of that. Uh that. But I don't think it's. I don't think that's what the, the, the filmmakers are going for. But, but I'm glad that you see it that way. Yeah. You may have already touched on the scene in your breakdown. We did. But what are your thoughts on this take? There we go. Those are our thoughts. Rewind about an hour. Yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, and this is from Heather Joe. And Deathly Hallows, instead Heather of Joe. having 13 people, seven guards and six extra Harrys, come help to get Harry from private drive to the borough, why didn't they have 14 people come? And that last person could have operated away with Hedwig at the same time the protection spell ended. Why? LOL. Uh, <laughs> thus solving say, the death of Hedwig. Hedwig yeah. must be protected at all costs. Because everybody fucking forgets Hedwig is my only answer. Yeah, I did. And Rachel also asks, in the same vein as the previous question, in the beginning when all the Harry Potters are flying to the burrow, one of the Death Eaters kills Hedwig. I heard somewhere that it was Snape and he killed the owl so Voldemort wouldn't know the real Harry Potter. Uh, I haven't heard that, but uh, my understanding That's of that scene in the movie, at least, was that the presence of the owl was in fact what gave it away that it was the real Harry. But yeah. you're saying that you, he killed Hedwig 
because but not quickly head. enough. Yeah, I, that's I the like kind of thing that. Snake would Snape would do because yeah. it's just a bird. It's Obviously, just, it's just a pet. <laughs> uh, our next question from Daisy: If you had a bag like Hermione's, what oh. would you carry around Ooh. that you wouldn't usually and isn't a necessity? I think I would take my paddleboard and wetsuit, ready for any open water on a nice day. You could oh, literally yeah. take everything you own. Yeah, right. I would have all three thousand Blu-rays in there. I would have no, never know. Uh, probably my dogs. <laughs> And they'd have all their toys and, and like kennels in there. Mm-hmm. What else would I take? I'll take all my dog stuff. This reminds know. me of an employee. I would take a bunch of podcasting stuff just in case like a, a podcast sesh had to happen. I had a quirky guy at work for me and he wore a fanny pack at the oh. restaurant. Can we normalize fanny packs? This guy, I this is not funny. I can't, don't get excited for this joke at oh, all. Oh, okay. This is one of those things. Way that, to dampen my love for fanny packs, Chris. Well, this is the only thing that like, it's one of those things that's like, it was hilarious to me. And I've remembered this line my whole life since. But like, whenever I tell people, they're like, ha. but I asked this guy, <laughs> I was like, hey man, uh, what do you keep in your fanny pack? I don't understand why you wear that thing. Especially like it's real hot in front of the oven. He says, hmm. And this is exactly what he said to me. And this is what made it so funny. Mm. What do I keep in my fanny? Markers mostly. And he walked away. <laughs> so, so said, it's not that funny, but to me at the time that this like 28 year old man said markers mostly, but had to think about it first was hilarious to me. Is that due to love good? He, he very much That's like a, a love, love good. good yeah. Uh, Amanda asks when it comes to obliviate, mm. Uh, so I don't want to make sure I didn't read the uh, other question yet. When it comes to obliviate, erasing memories, how far does that spell go? Hermione cast that spell on her parents, but what about aunts, uncles, grandparents? Interesting. What happens mm-hmm. if a random friend's like, oh, how is Hermione doing? And the parents are like, who is that? Wouldn't that be so confusing? Am I overthinking this? So my understanding, Amanda, is that it sucks. It's very sad. But in order to save her parents' life, for sure, she would have obliviate any knowledge of their sisters or brothers or cousins from their minds. So, so is there like a Taken style sequence where Hermione's going to every relative's house and obliviating them? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, no. I just think like she sent her parents to Australia. They have no memory of anybody in their family, including her, and nobody knows where they are. And oh. everyone else is safe because they're like distant relatives, right? Yeah. And also, who cares? You know what I mean? Like you save your parents, your aunt and your uncle, like good luck. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't like your aunt and uncle? Definitely your cousins. Like, ah, but they'll be fine. You know? Yeah. No, I don't have any, I'm a bad person to ask. Does Hermione Granger have My a friends are my family. My, I don't have any blood relatives that Bring I talk to. Bring me the to. Granger nephew. Yeah. <laughs> I have words. Don't care. Who? I saw him like one Christmas. They gave me a terrible gift for Christmas. <laughs> what? Hermione talks like Pippin. Uh, and then from Alexis, I was just curious, uh, in the same vein as the previous question, I was curious about how extensive the memory loss is because it does seem to vary. It does, because I think the wizard can choose what to, uh, how to play Olivia? with the memories. Yeah. Uh, with Hermione's parents, we can assume that while they may not know who Hermione is, they probably know who they are to themselves and to each other. Sure. Then we see Lockhart, who is fully afflicted with complete loss of all knowledge pertaining to his life, including himself. Maybe it's never explained or maybe it affects muggles differently, like when they regulate to obliviate muggles, like men in black style. No, no, no. Alexis, my understanding is this, and I think this is correct. Uh, when Lockhart obliviated himself, it was like a, um, a recoil. It was an accident from the shitty wand, right? So he just completely, without any like mental control over the spell, 
destroyed all of his memory. Yeah. Whereas when a a wizard is doing it to someone else with purpose, with a with a fix with a normal wand, they can kind of pick and choose, like kind of tiptoeing around someone's brain and mm-hmm. manufacture their memories. Right? Is that right. your take as well? I agree. Yeah, hundred percent. That's what happened there. That's what happened. Now it's time to reveal Revelio, if you will. Isn't that a spell? Revelio. Sure. Uh, our our uh, cards against Potter. Again, read the prompt again. Okay. For those who don't remember, the prompt that we uh, pulled was Ron's broken wand accidentally accioed blank. Dolores Umbridge's saggy tits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's a good one. Uh <laughs> We went very similar ways here. <laughs> okay. Ron's broken wand accidentally accioed Bellatrix Lestrange's lovely lady lumps. Uh, <laughs> I don't blame. That's I would accio that on purpose. I love uh, me some Bellatrix. Well, guys, write in. Let us know which one of those you think won. Um, we were thinking if you of like maybe, that, we'll do more of that in the future. Yeah, we we're thinking of maybe doing a watch along on the Discord where we play that game with with a bunch of. People. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Uh, but it, so if so, do the plugs, Chris. Where can they find us? Find us on Twitter at StreamThingPod. You can find us on uh, YouTube. Uh, just go to the links in the link tree on the Twitter because <laughs> we still don't have our own URL for that yet. Yeah. But we do do uh, we do do uh, video versions of the show. If you're if you're just listening uh, on your Spotify or your iTunes or whatever, there's video versions of the show. If you're interested in that on YouTube, uh, you can also follow me personally on Twitter at uh, fuck what is it at Movies Are Therapy. That's right. And Steve at Steve May 13. That's me. And you can, if you, if you can check out patreon.com slash streaming things, there's extra bonus content on there. We took a break over the holidays, but we get at least one bonus episode voted on by patrons per month. The current one is an apocalyptic uh, episode. Yeah, it looks almost guaranteed that Mad Max Fury Road is going to win. Uh, for that, but it's not for sure. There's enough mm-hmm. votes left to to pull a, a book of Eli upset out or uh, children of men, maybe or a death race. 2000. Maybe uh, we do at least one of those a month. We also uh, pretty often do like after hours episodes with just us telling you what's going on in our lives. There's watch, watch parties watch every parties, month. Hangouts. Uh, Hangouts, access to the Discord uh, with a bunch of very lovely people that are very close friends so now lovely. and there. So that's been a great experience for us. Um, thank you all so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the Last of Us coverage. Please help share the word about that because there's a lot of Last of Us podcasts. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of where we shine is covering a television show episode by episode. Um, like our movie coverage is great, but I think that's where we're like extra special. So tell people about it, you know? Yeah, do it. And I say this before we even record the last of us episode, just so fucking confident that we crushed that. (laughs) Hopefully we do. But that's all the time we have for right now. I love you very much. My name is Chris. And I'm Steve. And this was Streaming Things. Happy streaming. This month, we got some new patrons to thank. We are so thankful, so grateful to all of you who throw your hard-earned monies our way money 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 monies. we got the new try before you deny producers jose ruben cruz rodriguez and rabbit dog in a barbie car that is actually their (laughs) christian name i I can't imagine the does that fit in a library card rabbit dog in a barbie car yes because in a barbie car is is put as a last name so okay what's the middle initial i thought Uh, n was the middle initial no you're right it was like rabbit dog in i don't think in that part of the world wherein rabbit dog hails there is a middle name. mountain time. Yeah. Yes, for sure. <laughs> In the Marty B VIP producers category, we've added node KS 
Charlie Friday. That's not real. It might be. That's awesome. Be. <laughs> you were named after a secret agent, and I love it. Heather Joe, Sheila Huff. Um, Sheila I, I'm so Huff. sorry in advance. I'm going to try my best. Niame McDyer and Micah Tybee. Micah Tybee. Micah Tybee? I was reading that one before. And I, I Ethan Gregory. <laughs> I got that one. Casey McNatt, Nicole Herring, and Daisy JT. And in the chocolate pudding producers, we've added Meddler on the Roof, love it, Lane Crawford, Christiana Saya, Blaze King, Ellie Montiranta, Randy F., Carrie Jared, Carrie Gerard, Carrie Jared, Carrie Gerard, Tyler Sowers, Cadet, Alyssa Anderson, Sabra Watkins, Jade Spade Marmalade, and Naris Martinez. And in the Friends Don't Lie producers, we've added Mike and Sheila. And I, again, apologize to anyone whose name I did not pronounce correctly. Uh, I did my best. My heart was in it. I feel like you Mike's going to be like, it's McKay. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. It could be. Thank you all so much. We love you. Bye.